You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. Alright everybody, welcome back to the first uh, recorded show, because it's not live, uh, of the wrestling rewind here on phoenix 92.5 fm for 2024 i'm still not used to that you know what martin i've been saying for, for like a couple of a couple of days now 2004 which i don't know why i keep saying 2004 it, it's obviously not 2004 but i mean that wasn't even that good of a year i mean i think that's when the dead guerrero died in i'm not sure uh, i i stopped maybe. i stopped counting the years after 1997 <laughs> 1997, I just stopped writing them. No, that's fair. That's fair. But they're not, wait, hold on, not even in the millennium. You're not like, okay, we've got the millennium. Everything now is 2000. Because oh, we, we were so afraid <laughs> at the turnover of the millennium that all the computers were going to crash and the planes were going to fall out of the sky and that the, the underground trains were going to burst up through the soil. So, I mean, that happened in a Simpsons episode. And as we all know, if it happens in a Simpsons episode, it will inevitably happen in real life. But here's the thing. Do you not think it did happen within the multiverse or simulation and the restart of the universe? Yeah, but that's that's how Marvel and DC get away with making movies nowadays. They just do whatever they want and then they go, oh, it's, it's the multiverse. Yeah, you mean that's how Marvel and DC got away with telling stories since the 30s? So, well, yes, yeah, so I haven't. I don't have as, a, as much a background on them as you do. It's, it's a nice... Um, it's a nice uh, trick to have up your sleeve, though. You know, you know what's like, funny, though? Like, you know what's, like if you, know, you were up in court, that you could say, well, Your Honor, yeah, in this reality, I stole that car. But in a million other ones, I didn't. So I don't know why you're singling so, me out. So I'm a good guy in all these other ones. But yeah, you know I mean, what's fu- on the balance, you know, the overall balance of things. <laughs> That's actually pretty good defense. You know what's funny, though, right? Uh, all these, all this multiverse stuff that people had, and now we're wrestling podcast. Just, just, just indulge me, ladies and gentlemen. But in the multiverse stuff, right? I'm actually quite a big fan of it in the comics. I just think it's weird. But the comics, uh, there's a great a book by Grant Morrison, who is like a very, very famous comic book writer. He's a Scottish guy. He wrote loads of different things. Um, he's also like a witch and does like mad stuff. So he has a book called Gods and Superman, and um, it's like half of it is the history of the comic book industry and its development through time. The other half is an, is a semi-autobiography story of, of his dealing with the occult and him like doing weird <laughs> stuff in his house. So it's like, 
and this happened in the golden age of the comic books and then smash cut to I was in my basement someone in this demon and I'm like what what am I reading but so half of it I can't vouch for half it's really good but the other half is a bit mad so just be warned but anyway like, like I'm sure in you know the original comics and that when they were talking about this concept like it was really revolutionary and exciting and opened up different pathways of storytelling um, I just find that nowadays whenever they use it in movies it tends to be Either A, uh, just really lazy writing, uh, we don't know how to fix this, or I just call it the multiverse, or B, um, they have killed off like a character that was popular and that was making money, and they want to bring them back without affecting the canon. So what they do is they go, all right, stick them in the multiverse. So here's the thing, right? You're not actually wrong, because how it, how it came about was when comic books first started. Um, they could only really tell certain stories because remember a lot of them came out during World War Two, and when World, when World War Two ended, they were like, oh. World War Two, I've never heard. Oh, do you mean the emergency? <laughs> the emergency. <of> course. <laughs> World War Two was known as the emergency in Ireland, folks, for yeah. some reason. For our international listeners, <laughs> it was the emergency. The emergency. It's like the way the Civil War was known as the Troubles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, okay. Uh, yeah, Ireland is Ireland is strange. But so when when they were released, right, the um, they they reached the logical end. You know, like Hitler was defeated, so Captain America had no one to beat. Uh, they couldn't really go back and tell different stories about Superman. Blah 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 blah. blah. So they're like, oh wait, hold on a minute. Uh, there's a there's a different reality where they do this different thing, and that kind of grew and developed. Then other authors came in and were like actually we hate this other artists came back in and said actually we love this and it, it just kind of got really really messy and then in the 90s they released what what is my favorite comic book art called crisis on infinite earths where they literally kill the entire multiverse and you know what happens in about 10 years after that they brought it right back because Bye. the kids who read that loved the multiverse and wanted to bring it back so and because <laughs> like, it's infinite you know, so because it's infinite exactly yeah. so so the point is, what's happening now in, in those uh, in in the movies where people are like, "Oh, this is silly." It's like, yeah. So what's going to happen is kids are going to love it and bring it back, and it just repeats because comics are weird, as is wrestling. But as Dara, is, go on. In the infinite span of all the multiverses out there, is there a multiverse in which TNA wins the war and overtakes WWE as the biggest wrestling promotion? I mean, it did. Most what? of the main, <laughs> feed, it did. Most most of the main event stars in WWE are from TNA. Most of the main oh, event stars from AEW yeah. are in are were TNA guys. Like yeah. Christian Cage, Samoa Joe, AJ, AJ Styles. Styles. Yeah. Most of the lads who are booking Kevin WWE Nash. at the moment. <laughs> like if you think about it, TNA did win. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, the um, rather than the. Uh, invaded the kind of assimilated assimilated yeah they, they yeah. did the old roman empire approach you know exactly yeah it was more like a like an alien um uh, pod people type thing rather than like an out and out invasion yeah i mean and, and that's and that's the way that works and like when you think about it it's like yeah that happened and now you know so i think that's a good place to start because we are going to talk about the christmas show from tna because it, it is a lot of fun from 2007 but there is like i'm going to i'm going to do a prediction Martin. Okay. do a prediction because right? you know you asked me should we talk about stuff that we think is going to happen in in 2024 and i'm like oh it's a bit ropey but i actually have one right i'm gonna go okay. on record here 
right? I'm going to go on record. I'm going to say because and and it's a good record you have. You've you've had a good record on predictions the past couple of years. Yeah, so I was right about Sting. I was right about um, WWE being sold. Uh, what was the last thing I was right about? Something else. There was there was a couple other things. But There's you, a couple you, other things. You did nab a few pretty big ones the past yeah. uh, past year or two. So I'm going to go on record and say that not only is not only is TNA now working with the WWE because it has been confirmed that you know they're doing PLEs uh, and the same company that owns WWE has a licensing deal with TNA, right? Yeah, this I'm is an endeavor, isn't it? Endeavor, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. the the for, like to use the term "forbidden door," uh, and I mean, I, it's more like you know, in in those old video stores where they had the beads, where you'd walk through for the adult section. That's the forbidden door now <laughs> for WWE. <laughs> you know, in their video store, you, you can just saunter on through into TNA, and uh, I think that's kind of where we're going. So my prediction is that one, we'll see a TNA star in the Royal Rumble. And two, yeah. we will see either Triple H or someone from WWE show up in TNA. Very much like what happened with Omega. But the difference is it won't be TNA looking weak. It will, it will be the TNA is finally actually embraced. and Because it, it already kind of is. It is embraced as a developmental system from WWE. Because, I wow. mean, it is. It, it is. Like, like, here's the thing, right? So the reason why I say this is, like, Dara, that sounds crazy. It's like, yeah, it is. But... Trinity, who was uh, in the WWE, she was a member of the Funko Daxels, and um, it was Naomi, wasn't it? Yeah, she's. I think she was yeah. Naomi, and I was watching her in Glasgow, and I was like, "Man, she looks really, really familiar." And then she started dancing. I'm like, "Oh my god, it's Naomi from the, you know from WWE," and then I saw her in the ring, and she was unbelievable. Fun- like a, a fantastic talent, and she really wasn't in WWE. She was kind of terrible, um, but. That's what I think. I think WWE now are aware that hey, look, you know, they need somewhere to work. The AEW thing is too hostile. Like it's become a hostile environment where it can't be a feeder system. If that makes sense, it's its own thing. And look, it shouldn't be a feeder system. It should be its own thing. But I think it's too much. TNA now has to be what it always really was. Because I remember saying this to Dixie Carter, where I was like, "Yeah, look, you're very like ECW, but with WCW budget." Now they're going back to being a higher budget ECW. That's what TNA is going to be. And what was ECW? ECW was literally paid for by Vince. There, He was on the payroll. Paul Hyman was on the, pay, on the payroll. I think that's what we're going to see with TNA. It won't be an outright, we've bought them, but there will be some kind of controlling stake in them, and it will well, be used as a feeder system officially. The tagline for Hard to Kill is, you won't believe who showed up at Hard to Kill. Yeah. Triple H has shown up. I, I think so. I, I think so. I think I think that's what they're going for. Yeah. Apparently, there's been a bunch of new signings as well. Because guys, we're we're taping this like an hour, an hour and a half away from 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 uh, first kill. I'll I'll be watching it. So this is a big one for Darry. He's coming out of the, the gates 2024 with a big prediction that could be <laughs> could be proved wrong by the time we finish recording. But here's the thing: if it is like last time, I said, "Oh, CM Punk coming back." I called that too. Um, you know, it's just. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I won't. I won't accept Punk coming back to TNA unless he does the double nipple rings again. That's any any version of Punk in TNA without both nipples pierced. No, is I don't. Not I don't think. I, I don't think Punk is going to show up in TNA. I he, he like I, I called him coming back to WWE and he did. And you didn't believe that either. You were like, "There's no way. It's done. It's done. It's done." 
what I will say is, if there's one thing, like there was always never say never in the WWE, right? But it it's more like Triple H just understand, like always had these ideas, but Vince or whoever was like, no. And now Endeavor are like, how much money will it make us? Cool, go do that. <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of where they're at. They're like, how much? Oh, it will make that much money? Okay, go do it. You know, and that's that's but why it, all the stuff now is just, It's It possible. makes sense because, so you've, you've come back as TNA. You're, you're looking to make a big splash. You've, like, really put your, kind of put your money where your mouth is, like, right up front with the tagline of your first pay-per-view back being you won't believe who showed up. And like when you look at the, say, the um, independent circuit or like the the guys who are currently wrestling, you know, who aren't contracted to a big company. Yeah. Like there's none of those guys who are, like there's loads of really great wrestlers, but there's none of them who I can think of who you would say is like a huge signing or is a yeah, huge no, appearance. Like, like the, a, only one, the only one that would have been able to do that would have been Will Osprey. And they've already Will Osprey was there for ages, so yeah, it wasn't even, not him. Yeah, and it's not that Will Osprey is not huge. It's just that yeah, he's wrestled for them so much that it, it's not wouldn't really be a surprise. So yeah. the only person I can think of, or not person, but the only type of person I can think of who you would confidently put on your poster as a huge surprise would have to be like a huge established name from WWE. Yeah, it, it it's literally either Punk showing up, Shawn Michaels, or Triple H. It's one of those. It is one of I, those. Yeah, Michaels. Uh... Could be Michaels, and the reason why is because he runs NXT. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, it, makes sense. I I don't think it's Shawn Michaels, but he's the one of the only three that I'd be like. I mean, who else realistically would it be? And we know Triple H has done this before. He's shown up on random. He's shown up on Progress randomly. He did, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He showed up on a couple of ones. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it'll be, be interesting to see. Like, so I, I'm looking forward to it. Right? The show looks pretty good. Uh, the card is is actually awesome. What do you think of the new belts, man? Have you seen the new belts? Love them. Aren't they phenomenal? They're Love really good. Them. Yeah, I really Absolutely like them. Absolutely fantastic. All I want in wrestling is for the championship belts to look like championship belts and not like corporate product placement. Make yeah. it look like a like a competitive combat sports title, um, yes. and they did a hell of a job. They're some of the nicest belts in wrestling. Today. Yeah, like they really among, are. Yeah, among any company. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think the X division, like the X division belt, has always really looked cool. Even the original one looked deadly, but it just suits uh, Chris Saban. Like it make it makes. I I know belts are props, right? But it makes them feel more like as you said more competitive it's like damn yeah you, you would want to win that you know um, yeah. and, and the world title looks fantastic they all really really look good and you know I, I like the reveal where Scott Demore uh, was there with everybody like presented him the belts and uh, the one for the, the media championship the digital media championship with Tommy Dreamer where he's like oh you know <laughs> did he make this belt smaller I was like okay I, I kind of because Tommy Dreamer just kind of great on me a little bit I, I and again it's because of all the stuff he did with with TNA kind of running it into the ground with, with his ECW fetish, um, I was like, okay, you gotta, you gotta kind of stop. But he has kind of won me over now since I've, you know, been watching the product, uh, you know, since it's kind of come back and since they've properly announced that the are going to TNA. He's actually really funny. Uh, Crazy Steve still really annoys me. 
uh, because all I can think of when someone says Crazy Steve, I think of another show, uh, Drake and Dosh, with, with, with the guy who works in the cinema called Crazy Steve. Oh, no, I've never heard of that. Yeah, so there was a show on Nickelodeon called Drake and Josh, and oh. one of the one of the in, one of the outside characters was called Crazy Steve, and he worked in the we, cinema. We we weren't a Nickelodeon house; we were uh, the Den house. No, that's fair. But anyone who ha- was a Nickelodeon, uh, <laughs> uh, you watched Nickelodeon around that time, will know what I'm talking about. And every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, pick something else. Like, can you not call yourself Deadly Steve or Mad Steve? Crazy Steve has already been taken. It was taken by Nickelodeon. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I'm just looking down the hard-to-kill card here. Yeah, where do you want to start with it? What, what actually jumps out at you? Well, the first thing that jumped out at me is actually in the three-way for the x Championship is El Hijo del Vikingo. Yeah. Who works an awful lot with AEW. I don't think he's fully signed to AEW, but he, he has... Uh, some sort of working agreement with AEW and is it AAA or CMLL that he is his other company? I think it's AAA. AAA, yeah, because he's one Cause, of the... Yeah, because tri- AAA is... master the, champion or something, isn't he? Yeah, AAA is like, has always worked with TNA. They've always been like a big thing. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I just, I just thought that was interesting. Um, it'd be interesting that match is going to be unbelievable. That match is going to be unbelievable. Oh, Kushida, Vikingo and Chris Saban. Yeah. In an X division, like that, yeah, that's, that's and you know what? And you know what would know where they'll probably put that match? Where? The opener. In it's tr- it's, in, de- in, in, it's in down here as number eight, but again, that's not to say that what Wikipedia has down is the actual card. No, uh, no. I I, I th- look if they want this to be a TNA show, that goes on first. Because that's how it, that's how they roll. Your, yeah. your your TNA opener is always an X Division classic. It should be, yeah. Because um, what they have down in the card here that I'm looking at has the four way tag team match opening, and I've no doubt that'll be a good match. But yeah, if you if you really want to grip people, X Division's the way to go, isn't it? I think so. You know, I I mean the Alex Shelley match. I don't like Moose is cashing in his feast of fired. Um, I don't think. He'll win. Um, I do think the major title change, though, will be Jordan Grace. Uh, she'll be Trinity because Trinity's obviously leaving to go back to, w- to go back to WWE. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I am very much looking forward to this. It, it has a lot of buzz around it, which TNA hasn't had in a long time. And it's just, you know. Is that then, uh, so if Moose loses, he's fired? No, no. Feast are fired is like money in the bank, but there's like four brief- briefcases, right? So you can open up the briefcase and get like a title shot, uh, an X division title shot, a tag team title shot, or you get fired. Oh. So it's 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 money in the bank, but there's four briefcases. Would uh, would that be a way of uh, Moose maybe moving on somewhere else? No, 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 no. I mean, Moose won the had the briefcase with the title shot. Someone oh, he's already. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Right, no, so... So, well, no, he's just cashing that in. Just because cash you, in, right, yeah, right. you win like instead of instead of one briefcases, there's four, and you pick one, and whatever it is, that's what you get. Yeah, yeah. No, I actually remember now the feast they fired from. <laughs> Was it a curry man got fired? It's three brief. It's three briefcases now. They've changed it, but it used to be four. Yeah, it was curry man got fired. <laughs> <laughs> they literally carried him out of the building, and he yeah, thought. Was- he still thought it was a championship title he was getting. Oh, it's too funny. Curry Man was, was amazing. Um, but look, we're, we'll probably talk about this properly next week because uh, obviously it it has a buzz around it. Uh, 
just what, it, if, if you listen to this, stop the podcast, go watch the show, and then come. It back. actually does, and that's something uh, we should probably address from. Uh, I think the last show we did before Christmas, one thing we brought up was we were looking at Battle in the Valley, we were looking at Hard to Kill, we were looking at Snake Eyes, and we were going, God damn it, these cards look amazing, and the tickets for them are just not selling. Uh, and now, post-Christmas, um, and the week ahead of uh, these shows, they're all basically sold out. Like, all three of them have. I think I checked up there on WrestleTix just before the podcast started and i think the hard to kill has something like 40 tickets left available so like they've all really like you were saying pre-christmas it's not really what people are thinking about no um, it's not I, I, the sales seem to have ramped up now so i'm delighted to see that because well look these cards deserve an audience well look here's the thing right if i was in the us now i would have went i would have flown down and went because i had no desire to go to i wasn't going to go to wrestlemania um up until like today when I got the ticket, right? Or yesterday when I got the ticket, thanks to our own Dave Stevens. Because I was like, oh, whoa, the no, sales. Even if he's not on the show, folks, he's always here in spirit. He's, he's always, always here. He's always helping us out. And I mean, I would not be going to WrestleMania like without... Sting. He's not on the podcast, but he's in the rafters. Well, listen, I, w- I wouldn't have went to, to, to All In if it wasn't for you, Martin. And I wouldn't have gone to WrestleMania if it wasn't for Dave Stevens. So this podcast and the, the hosts on it are the best people. So there you go. There you go. Um, it's we absolutely. need to befriend a Mexican and see if we can get tickets to AAA or uh, make get a get a Japanese guy on the podcast. And see if we can get to <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom. But no, I mean it, the reason why I bring it up is because you know the sales are a big thing. Like the flights to the US were just incredibly cheap, and because they were so cheap, I was like, no, it'd be silly not to go, right? I I mean just because it was so it was so um, it was so actually achievable to go. And I mean, you know, we're hard to kill. It was slightly too early in the year because I probably would have been like, oh, yeah, Vegas. And unfortunately, there were no uh, cheap tickets to, to Vegas. So that that is disappointing. But I'll be honest with you, if uh, if that happens That's again, bad. you think you think Vegas would like uh, no matter where you are in the world, flights to Vegas would be free, you know, just get you in and then like to get your money off you once you're there. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I think it's just the distance, man. Like, it's right beside California. People will be flying in and then not gambling, just heading out. <laughs> just hanging out and hitting the theme parks. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, like, look, if Vegas was there, I would have been like, absolutely. And I, I probably would have went over to because the flights were so incredibly cheap. So, you know, maybe if that happens again, I'll be like, yeah, okay, absolutely. Because, like, I think uh, Impact, they're, they're looking to move around the US more, but kind of keeping on the East Coast. Which makes sense, um, but they're still in like Tennessee as well. So there's very few direct flights from Ireland to Tennessee that usually go on sale. Your best bet is uh, like I'm looking here. Your best bet is even going to Cleveland or going to LA. Um, so we have uh, hard to kill tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Snake Eyes is next week, is it? Snake, Snake Eyes is, is Sunday tomorrow. Sunday. Oh, yeah, they're doing God. the back to back. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If it was cheap enough, I would have went over to see both. But yeah, and they're both in Las Vegas. They are. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That actually would be pretty cool back to back. Yeah. I, look, I, the thing about it is, I, I think like a lot of people, uh, like probably everyone, man, like you're just thinking about Christmas, and that's it. And then once Christmas is over, then you start being like, oh, this is on or this is happening. So I mean, even ourselves, like we only kind of got kind of got back in the saddle this week now with the podcast. And it was just kind of like, 
that wasn't expected. It's just it's weird to see it in if there was one big failure of the TNA launch kind of thing, it was that they did it just before Christmas, where people are like when when they launched it was at the end of it was beginning of Q uh, Q four and it's like yeah no one's going to care about that yeah but a lot of people did and I think that's why it needs to be like really underscored that these, that this is something big because even just before Christmas this thing had a buzz it maintained and then it was like oh I have a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars uh, left over let's go and see the show and that's what's happened so uh, the other show on tonight is New Japan's Battle in the Valley. Yeah. So <laughs> Will Ospreay is fighting in Battle in the Valley, and then oh, it's in California. So it yeah. wouldn't actually be that much of a trek for him to get out to Las Vegas the next day. Yeah, no, that's probably why Vegas Vegas is right beside California. All right. Oh, there you go. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, New Japan's Battle in the Valley, another card that looks amazing. Like yes. Both these shows, like all three of these shows look incredible. Um, but Battle in the Valley, Ksuchiko uh, Kada versus Will Ospreay, oh my god. Shingo Takaki versus John Moxley, oh my god. Eddie Kingston versus Gabe Kidd, oh my god. What the hell is going on? I don't know, man. It's it's just, look, it's just a really good time to be a wrestling fan. Like, there's just, there is quality wrestling out there now. Quality wrestling. Oh, yeah, and loads of it yeah so much of it so i mean look whatever you're going to watch tonight whatever you're going to watch over the week there's so much to watch and we're going to try to cover as much of it as we can um but listen before we go into uh before we go into talking about impact I have to talk about you know something that happened this week martin tony khan tk long bone tone <laughs> So he had a bit of a bit of a moment on the interwebs where he got very upset because people were um, give a pass to Jinder for you know losing every every match he's been in for years basically and just showing up and getting a title shot and Hook who is on a winning streak twenty three and one I believe twenty eight oh, there we go uh, and he gets a title shot now I don't really care about Hook. Right, I don't particularly care about gender, but you don't hinder gender, right? So that's that's <laughs> you don't. That's the rule, right? That's the rule online. You do not hinder gender, right? So even though I'm not a huge gender Mahal fan, even though he's the funny one in Three MB and Three MB for life, um, you know, this brought the ire of the internet because you know, again, uh, you don't. What, you, what doesn't? No, because I mean, you don't hinder gender. This is the only time where I'll defend Twitter, right? So Tony Khan should have known this, and being a wrestling fan, he, he really should have known this. Um, so he came out and made some comments. Uh, comments that are kind of... I don't know, man. I mean, look, it is funny. It's drama. It's hilarious. It brings eyes to the product. Gets people talking. Gets people like us talking. But it's like... Vince McMahon never did this. <laughs> But here's the th- people say this, but he did. They all did. No, Bishop I know. did this. McMahon did this. Triple H did this. They all did this. You, you it's know, just who, you, that you whenever know, they were popular, whenever they were at their peak, social media wasn't a thing. Okay. Vince McMahon went on the um, on the WWF uh, what, notebook, notice boards or whatever social media 
used to be called before it was social media and had an absolute meltdown on it multiple but, times. But you know who you know who didn't do this in social media. So I, I'm gonna take your point and I'm gonna accept it. But there was a company around that went through some struggles. And it was during the social media era. And it's called TNA. And Dixie Carter never did this. She never did this. And she was getting made fun of by everybody. And the product was genuinely horrific. You know what she did? She got put through a table by Bully Ray. That's how she responded to things. And I'm like, yeah, I don't I, know. I, I, I never thought I would use her as a positive example of how to like carry yeah, yourself during this. I'm going the other way. I'm saying that if you want to run like a really successful uh, wrestling promotion, maybe don't use Dixie Carter as your... That's no, no, absolutely. <laughs> That's what I'm saying to you. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, I mean, Dixie's failures were because she was caught up in the business and she was too busy wanting to be on TV. I think Tony Khan's fail, uh, failure, failure is he's too caught up wanting to be a fan. And somewhere in the middle, there's the sweet spot, you know? So when I see that, I'm like, oh, that's really funny. But then I'm like, oh my God, he's the owner. Of the company. He's, he's literally the face of the company. So it, it's... I don't know. I, th- I think I think two. Th- I think Tony Khan has been incredibly restrained in um, not putting himself on TV. Like every, I can't think of a single other wrestling promotion where the owner hasn't used it to put himself over. I mean, WCW. Ted Turner never put himself on TV. Yeah, but Ted Turner wasn't really the like he was, say, the face no, of the company. No, but was, he was the owner. He, he was the owner. owner. Yeah, but he was the owner. Ted Turner you know never I mean? came out. You're talking. Yeah, no, about- I, I know. I know what you mean. But I think this is what I'm saying, right? So, and, and that's a good point. I think Tony Khan owning the company and running the company need to be different things. If he wants to, if he wants, to, if he wants to own the company, great. But being the face of the company is. But he, I don't see how, like how is he the face of the company? Because every time you Google it, you see his stupid face. Yeah, well, like he's the owner of the company. But that's what that's like, what I in mean. In terms of them doing like uh, media and stuff, it's it's wrestlers they put out there, and I think he's aware enough to know. That. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm a big fan of TK, but he's a weird guy, and I think he's aware that's, enough to know. But that's the that thing. He's, but that's a the weird, thing. awkward he, guy. He is a weird, awkward guy. And look, I, I, I respect what he's done, but it, it's this lack of awareness where he's like, okay, listen, you're you're not a wrestling fan. Like, no, I mean, okay, what is it? He is a wrestling fan. I don't think he has enough awareness to be like, you can't do, you can't be a wrestling fan, if that makes sense. Like, well, here's what you should do, right? Just, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment, right? If I was in his position, right? And I was a millionaire, owned a wrestling company, and wanted to get involved in internet drama, right? Create a burner account. Create your, call yourself Tony Khan fan number one or whatever, right? <laughs> and then just do that. <laughs> like, you know who JBL did that apparently on Twitter and then on Instagram and accidentally like liked something as his own profile, apparently. And it all came down. <laughs> out of himself. Yeah, so yeah, with himself um, in that way. But I, I mean, know. genuinely, I, that that's what I would be. I would just look if anyone from AEW was listening, just be like, Tony, listen, I got you another phone, buddy. Set you up a new account. Here you go. Do all your mad tweets on this, and well, and then just you know, do well, that. The two, the two things I'd say is 
there's not actually wrong with what he said. Like he no, was, it's it's just he was very making good. a fair point that the the a lot of the criticism AW gets online is unfair. Like it's never applied to anyone else in the same way. Like he wasn't actually like he never slagged off Jinder Mahal. He was he was making he a hindered Jinder. He hindered I don't him. think he hindered the question, there, or he, he questioned the booking around. That that's gender. still hindering gender. Yeah, you, you don't you do don't, it. It's you like don't a golden even rule. Indirectly, you don't hinder gender. It's a golden rule on the internet for some reason. You just um, it's like Martin. You know what's like? It's like you know in Ireland the way you don't go up and mess with a fairy fort or bad things happen. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. You don't you, you don't hinder gender. It's just it's a it's a rule. It needs to be like a rule on every form. Um, I think the other thing uh, to take away from it is that this is Twitter. This is yeah. really important to people who are on Twitter, which is 15% of the population. You know, it's people People get really into Twitter drama and they think that that's the world and it's not. No. So, like, my two takeaways are from it. One, he didn't actually say it wrong. And two... This is a very small percentage of people. This isn't the the wider, not not even just the wider population. It's not even the wider wrestling fan base. You know. I, I, can I just add in one more number four? Don't hinder gender. <laughs> or number three. Don't hinder gender. Yes, those are the three rules. Those are the three rules. Yeah, Twitter beware is not the real world. Uh, say what you like on it, but be accurate, and above all else, never hinder gender. I I think they're fair. I, I can co-sign that. Yeah, <laughs> I? yeah. I can I can co-sign that. That'll be our next. That'll be our our uh, answer to Jordan Peterson's twelve rules for life. I think that's the answer to everything. <laughs> Three yeah. rules for the internet. Three rules for the internet. Oh man. Okay. So look, I just wanted to bring that up because it, it was kind of everywhere, like on my feed, on you know. YouTube oh, and people yeah, having all these hot takes about stuff, and it's like, that's kind of like, what was it? The the had a meltdown on Twitter the other day because AW was getting these five minute overruns, right? And they're all like, like so it's wrestling, it's a work. If there's a five minute overrun, that has been agreed with the you know the TV company, and like that's all part of the show but these <laughs> they're yeah. not just randomly doing it because yeah, yeah, you know what you know what happens Fox when you isn't going into business for himself at you know <laughs> no, no, five no, past nine no you know what happens when they overrun and it's not confirmed it's just <laughs> it's just cut off exactly <laughs> so but these ones are like you have these people on twitter going uh-huh. oh Tony Khan can't even book a two-hour show. We can't keep it tight. He can't get the... You'd think he could keep it to the two hours they're given. And I was like, are you are you lads mental? Is, <laughs> am I mental? Is that what's wrong? Am I the one who's losing it here? Like, It's a goddamn work. Look, I mean, everything is a work, really, when you think about it. And it's just kind of silly that they haven't... Uh, they haven't realized that because all you have to do to to really kind of get that is... Watch WCW's very infamous pay per view where it went over and it was cut off. <laughs> so that's yeah. what happens when something doesn't work. Very true, he said. Everton's a work. It was, I believe it was Oscar Wilde who said, All the world's a work. So. Just don't Google that. 
yeah, don't anything we say on this podcast, take it at face value. Yeah. Accept <laughs> it. Absorb the information. Regurgitate it to others if you want, but never never fact check. Never fact check it. No, of course not. Just believe it blindly. Yeah, well, this is this is not an information podcast. This is more of a faith based thing. This is a this is a cult of personality podcast. Yeah, we're technically a religion, which is how we avoid paying tax. <laughs> oh, I wish. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> <laughs> Taxation is tough, folks. Remember. Um, <laughs> so, uh, okay, let's get down to business. Uh, to defeat the Huns, you know, like the song in Oof. Milan. Let's do get it. down to business. Dun, 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 dun. Man, I that, that the Huns is a different meaning up north, but <laughs> is it? Yeah, we let you away with it. Oh, a, it no, without well, no, in Dublin, like Huns is like stun Hun, so there's a different meaning down here as well. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's how weird Ireland is, folks. There's like different meanings for different things in oh, our every, from each other. Oh yeah, every. <laughs> Every eight miles, it's insane. the accent insane. changes, the the dialect changes, the slang words change. Everything changes. It's 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 bizarre. It's like actually it's funny because uh, I was trying to explain to someone who isn't Irish that like a craddy, like the word "gee" for craddy, like a craddy gee. Uh, I had a, it, it, when I it, started it, jujitsu, yeah, I had yeah. a good laugh over this. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's a really funny word. And they're like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just explain it to you real quick. But uh, it's like, you know, so that's why I'm kind of glad to do Taekwondo because we call those dough books, which has no funny meaning because it's a Korean word for uniform. So oh, somewhere yeah. in the world, though, dough books means some form of genitalia and they're having a good laugh about it. No, well, no, because if you think about it, dough book would be gay in Japan because that's what they'd use to, to buy one. You know, they'd go in and buy a dough book, but they'd just say, can I get it, you know, a gay and it would loop back around. Yeah, and yeah. that's exactly how they say it. Yeah, exactly. Good man yourself. Well, I know. Throw, throw some old gi there, would you? <laughs> that's fluent in Japanese. Of course, the Japanese word for for uh, karate practitioner or a uniform or whatever. So that's what it is. Not anything else. You uh, dirty-minded people who might think it's something else. Um, right. So, Martin, let's um, let's kind of switch gears here. So, uh, obviously, we're talking about impact. Um, it's a turn tonight to TNA Wrestling. Um, we're, g- we're kind of going back into 2007 to talk about the episode of Impact. But before we do that, um, I know we're, we're on the road to WrestleMania, right? And I do want to bring this up real quick. So we're on the road to WrestleMania. It's, um, there's lots of speculation going on, right? And I, and I want to get your thoughts on this. No, no, no. I, no, I need to get your thoughts on this, right? Okay. Because I, I, I want to put you on the spot here. So there's... A few different things that could be the main event of WrestleMania or that could be happening, right? But the yeah. big return that we haven't talked about, which is wild, because we didn't talk about it, it's going to happen on uh, night one of Raw, where basically they got the night off and they came back. Or not, yeah, it was Raw. The Rock returns. Big Dwayne himself in the main uh, event of WrestleMania. He is. I, okay, there, there, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You, you literally preempted what I was going to ask you. So. Yeah. So, okay, so Elimination Chamber is in Perth, right? Which is, is I think it's like 80,000. So it's similar to, to All In with attendance, right? It's, it's up there. It, it's a big, it's, it is a big show, okay? And some people are like, oh, The Rock's going to show up at Elimination Chamber. I do not believe that. He might show up, all right, but they're not going to do The Rock and Roman Reigns at no Elimination chance. Chamber. That is, Z- that is just... Zero chance. That is just so 
bat you know what crazy that I don't have words for, folks. And if you believe that, I I don't know what to tell you. I'm like they're not well, going to. So they're not go. They're not going to waste the biggest match of all time, which it is. I mean, look, I'm not a big fan of Roman Reigns. I don't. I I think he is great, but he's not like the greatest of all time. And The Rock, I'm not a huge fan of Rock either. He he's not. But in perception, The Rock is the highest. And in reality, The Rock is the highest movie star of all time. Uh, and and this match has so much buzz around it. High, that, highest paid movie star of all time. Yeah, I that's sorry. The that's highest the, movie star of all time would be Snoop Dogg. Oh, that's that's fair. Highest paid. Thank you for the catch. Um, <laughs> and, and it just has this like aura around it where it's like, listen. That is your main event at WrestleMania. Uh, that's like, the biggest match is. they have. Yeah. It's the biggest match they've ever done, which is which is hard for me to say because it doesn't involve Triple H. I, I but, don't know if I'd say ever, but oh, no, of, man, it is. of what they have now, that is by no, far man, it, the biggest no, match I, they have. I, I mean, money-wise. Like, oh, yeah. That no, is a... Like, it, it's like, and again, I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. Like, you know, it, it's not Rock Austin. It's not Undertaker and Kane. It's not, it's not these big, it's not Hogan, Andre. It's, you know, it's not those kind of matches. But they're from a time that have built to this. This is modern wrestling where it's going to get, it's going to make millions of dollars. It's not a billion dollars. It's going to be like everywhere. It's going to be, you know, this match feels like this is like the peak of wrestling, of like modern wrestling that is an AEW. But I mean, like sports entertainment, WWE brand wrestling. Yeah. This is the peak. This is like it peaking at its. It's, at all, it's, it's also it's a perfect WrestleMania match because it is. nobody expects this to be an in-ring banger. It's all it about it the big names, to. the big entrances, the you know the crowd. It like look at. Uh, do you know what it'll be? It'll be Hogan Warrior. Yeah, but you know, like, but like on steroids. The match itself will be fairly basic, but um, but it's it's everything surrounding the match that is what WrestleMania is all about. WrestleMania is all about the spectacle and the pageantry. The idea that it's happened at Elimination Chamber is just nonsense. Yeah, that it just is, makes no sense. That's uh, pure copium for people who still think Cody is main eventing WrestleMania. Folks, Cody is not main eventing <laughs> WrestleMania. I, I'm really sorry. I swear to God, when I woke up the morning the next day and I saw, like, I went on Twitter and I saw, oh my God, The Rock's back. I, I think I laughed till about lunchtime. <laughs> you know what Cody needs to do? I'll be honest with you, get his career back on track. He's got a TNA. No, he needs to just be Stardust. Stardust, yeah. Just, well, this is, this just, is your answer. Just, just accept it. Just be like, listen, you know, you tried and you failed. Uh, that's okay. It's okay. Uh, you can go back to what worked, which was being Stardust. What What do you think happens with him now? Oh, I don't care. I just hope I know. He's just. I just don't want to see him. Like, I mean, I I don't think you realize how much I do not like Cody Rhodes. It's no, a lot. No, I I do. <laughs> it's... But I just, I'm I'm very. I don't see what they do. Like the the huge mistake they made. I know you won't agree, but the big mistake they made was not putting the belt on him last year. Oh, they should have done that. Yeah, they that, was done that. That, was, that was so silly. Like I like, understand why they didn't, but at the same time, it's like that was your opportunity to really make Cody Rhodes so, a mega a megastar, and he didn't. I mean, so look, he he's like, and the funny thing is, it's hilarious, right? Because Punk has really screwed him. So has The Rock, because he <laughs> just. Like they just they just nuked him from orbit. He he's he's not done, but he he's he's back on in that glass ceiling because Punk is the largest. Mer- Look, I haven't bought a re- wrestling merchandise in a long time. The last wrestling merchandise I bought was an AEW. It was a CM Punk T-shirt. 
I've also bought punk merchandise since he came back, right? Uh, and I'm I'm probably not the only one. Like punk's merchandise is selling hand over fist. I don't think they can keep it in stock. You know, they're just printing this and it's just flying out the door. And when The Rock starts selling stuff again, that's also going to happen. So Cody as like a main event, as like a, a main event uh, face, that's over. That's over. Like, you, it, think, uh, you think that, that that shot he had has has passed? No, I don't think a shot has passed, but I do think. Hello? Hello. Hello. Sorry about that. Oh no, no worries. Um, uh, no, I look. I don't think. I don't think his shot as a main event guy has passed. I just think it's it, it's not with Roman, right? It's it's with Seth Rollins. And what I think for, what for the is, for the tie title. Yeah. Well, because well, look, Punk Punk's winning that at night one, right? What I think is going to happen is he will win it the next night. Or not the next night, the next, but like he'll be Punk's big challenger afterwards. Um, I can see The Rock beating Roman Reigns. I don't think he will. Yeah. I don't think he will. I, I don't think he will. But I can see it happening. And I'd actually be okay with that. Because well, I'll tell like, you what, this is how they'll telegraph it. Um, if it's not for the title, I can see The Rock winning. Yes, that's true. Now, the other way around this is if they were going to do the Cody story thing, right, which I think the only story he needs to read is, you know, a bedtime story and go away because <laughs> I don't give a, I don't, I don't care about his story. I don't, I really don't. I mean, I'm going to be at WrestleMania uh, and when he wrestles, I'll be going out to get <laughs> the concession stand. concession stand. Going to have to buy more CM Punk t-shirts. No, literally, that's probably what I'll do <laughs> uh, because I, I cannot, I physically cannot stand him right um so i just i just won't i won't be there so i don't care what he does if he was going against cm punk i could stomach through i could stomach through it but if it's anyone else i'm like <laughs> whatever there's going to be no lines anywhere so i'll be able to walk around uh it'd be nice but anyway um here's what i think they could do right to get around it punk wins the rumble it's absolutely going to happen right you have elimination chamber Roman loses the belt at Elimination Chamber to somebody, probably to Cody, right, or or to an interim cha- cha- uh, champion. I don't know who that could be, but Cody wins the belt. Then uh, no, it's already been. And I'm sorry to to dunk on your your uh, your booking like this, but it has already been confirmed that Reigns is not even on the card for Elimination Chamber. That doesn't shock me at all. But he's, I'm saying, he's, not, he's not making no, the trip that, to Australia. No, that, that doesn't shock me at all. But this I wasn't. This is the only way they could have done it, right? Have him lose and then rock Roman for, you know, just the honour of it. The, the head that, of the table. Yeah, yeah. But, that do, but that doesn't make any sense because the, what people want to see... Because remember, the belt's a prop. They want to see the people... Cha- like, the thing writes itself, right? They want to see the people champion... Versus the longest reigning champion, or the, you know, in in modern WWE wrestling, I just don't see what these people think. <laughs> I don't see what they're missing. It's like they don't care about the story. No one cares about the story except for you because you're a mark and you've bought into it. Most normal people who are watching wrestling, watching WrestleMania, are like Rock Awesome. I'm watching WrestleMania. Rock awesome. And I'm not even a Rock fan because so of WrestleMania. Right. Well, look, put, put Cody aside for one thing, for, for one moment. I right? wish we'll, I could. I wish I could. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll forget about Cody for now, right? Um, Reigns isn't losing the title 
in a four-way at the Royal Rumble. No, That's not happening. There's no way. There's no way. No. He's not even no way. on the card for Elimination Chamber. So he is going to WrestleMania as the champion. Yeah. If it's against The Rock, and it's either not for the title, in which case I could see The Rock winning, or it is for the title, in which case Reigns has to win. So now your problem becomes... This bloodline thing ran out of steam a year ago. It did. You kept it, 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 it yeah. on bloody life support just to get to this year's WrestleMania. But now you've gotten yourself... And look, it's a good problem to have. You know, your your problem is that you have, like you say, the biggest match in, you know, the, the company at the moment. But what happens then? How do you then get the belt off Reigns? Because this See, bloodline the, thing yeah. is... Oh, my God. I don't even watch... WWE and this bloodline thing bores me to tears. But here's the thing: I, I I do think you know Cody will win. He'll probably win a backlash. God, that's a that's like because <clears throat> I, I do I, I do think in his contract he probably has he has to win the title, but not when he should have been smarter. He should have talked to Punk, where Punk probably has a main event in WrestleMania. <laughs> it's happening, <laughs> you know that, do, do you and think, that was probably in the contract. Yeah. Do you think Cody had in his title? I main event WrestleMania and I win the world title. No, I can't, WWE no. have a, a, when they wrote the contract. It's like, yeah, you main event WrestleMania and comma. you win the world title. Yeah, comma. <laughs> yeah, comma. Nobody <laughs> said they were that, happening yeah. on the same night. Yeah, I d- genuinely, I think that's probably the way around it. Yeah, comma, and you win the world. Title. <laughs> or it's like that Lionel Hutz thing. You know, yeah. where he changes win it. the world title. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mean. Punk was probably smart enough to be like, look, I main event, I main event WrestleMania, win or lose or whatever, and that that was probably in there, right? I think Cody, because he was the first, though, he's like, oh great, they're gonna let me rest, you know. And if you went and read it, it probably would be like, oh yeah, okay, right, you you main event WrestleMania, and there's a world title opportunity, uh, like shot there at some, uh, like run there at some point, and I can see them being like, okay, The Rock beats Roman Reigns to an inch. It's like the toughest match of all time, uh, and then. You know, Cody picks up the scraps and wins, and he's like, "Yay!" And that's probably what's going to happen. I, I can, I can't see that happening. Yeah, well, but if if I was Cody Rhodes, what I would do is, I would just be like, "Okay," and then go and do Stardust to get to get him over. You know, what if he uh, enters the Royal Rumble? Who and Cody Rhodes gets thrown out, and he comes back as Stardust. Be amazing. Think about it. He, actually, he could do all his all his gimmicks. He could do dashing. Like a, like a Mick Foley. Yeah, he could do dashing Cody Rhodes, damaged Cody Rhodes, Stardust. Damn, that would be awesome. I would actually pop for that. I would become a Cody Rhodes fan then. <laughs> um, so, look, it's uh, <laughs> it's bad news for Cody. It's very funny I think, it, I think it's hilarious. It's, uh, it's so it, funny. It opens up the same question. We had this exact same conversation last week. We were like, imagine Cody didn't win. Um, like, because the problem becomes then, what do you do with Reigns for another year? Because this thing has already run its course. So we're back here again a year later, and the question is, I mean, Reigns' title run has been historic. Like, whatever way your your view of it, your subjective view of it is, objectively, the length of it has been historic. So even for it to end at like a backlash or something like that is a bit you know see that's it's what I'm a bit saying. of a wet no, fart see, no, but here, no but here's the thing right shenanigans will end it that's the thing 
it won't be like a big win. The Rock will have will beat him to such an extent that even if he loses, he just like look. If Rain if Reigns wins, which it's sixty forty that he'll win. I they they could go either way with it, right? But if he wins, the Rock isn't just going to. It's not going to be easy, you know. There's going to be seventy in Spears, uh, and the Rock will hit like ninety people's elbows, and you know it'll be it'll be ridiculous. But what could happen is it's like. Well, The Rock beat him to such an extent that he was already kind of beaten and Cody got in there at the last moment. And... I, I don't think that's... I don't think The Rock has that kind of match in him. I think The Rock is going to go out there and a big entrance and lots of hot dogging and grandstanding. Uh, but I think you're looking at like an eight-minute match. Yeah, okay, maybe eight minutes of spears and, and you know people's elbows. But the like, big, yeah, the big bombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. That. It, even if it's, if it's short, it will still be so grueling. That's like The Rock unloaded everything he had on him and he just about won. Like he just about survived the, the 57 people's elbow, you know, where The Rock has to throw caps that he gets from the crowd out because he, he's ran out of everything he was wearing, like except his trunks. <laughs> you know, that's how many people's elbows he did. Um, and, 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 and yeah, and that could be the story was like, well, The Rock actually damaged Cody, damaged um, Roman Reigns so much that Cody was able to go in as the fresh man or whatever. Or maybe you know Cody just. But what do you, what do you mean, like as a as a money in the bank type cash in or? No, I just mean like in the next in the, on the next um, pay per view where he's like, you know, I I want to finish my story. Rollins reigns if you're a true champion, uh, you'll beat me. And then how they'll justify it is, well, I was I just fought the Rock, like you know, <laughs> that's, no, that's I, I think if if Reigns wins at Mania, that the next time. Um, that he could conceivably lose would be SummerSlam. So then, yeah, you're, but then you've I, got four or five months now of I just, I this just title reign just dragging on. And if they do go to SummerSlam, then I think that brings them like within maybe a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of days of Hulk Hogan's like longest ever title reign. You know, and they might want to just go on a wee bit more and push past that, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, if that's the case, that, that's another thing. That's what they could be doing, you know? But I, I'm not discounting the fact that The Rock could win for one final run. If... Because yeah. think about it, right? If think the Rock, so? I'll, well, okay, right. If The Rock... I'm going to use Dave Stevens, play with me here. Um, okay. If... Cause, look, as you said, you referred to the world... the the What's the world's title? What did he call the SmackDown? The universal title? As the toy title, right? It is, but it's also the workhorse title. It's the only one that's been defended, right? It's the only one that people are having matches for. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter who that's, has you. That's, that's WWE in a nutshell. The workhorse title is the one you show up to work for. Yeah. But it, it doesn't matter who who has that. Who has who has the, the WWE title? I mean, effectively, a picture has the WWE title at the moment. Where they're like, oh, Rain, there he is. Look at him. <laughs> Look at the picture of him. And then Seth Rollins comes out and has a phenomenal match and that's it. So what they could be doing is, remember, this is a PR move, right? The Rock's the WDB champion. He has a bunch of movies coming out. Yeah. He can just walk around with that belt and be like, oh, I'm the WDB champion. Look at this. In this class. Yeah. I'm going to talk about you know, the Scorpion King 6 or you know, the Two Fairy 7 or whatever movie he's in or Fast 9 or 10 or 27. I don't know. Those movies are terrible. But like, Show I mean, 
that could happen. Months, yeah. Yeah, but you could also walk around with it on the red carpet and I don't know, man. I mean, that's, that's a, a very, that's, that's a fair point, yeah. That's a very real possibility because look, what's the difference with him? He, him, he could him, have a, a six month run in which he only wrestles three times. Three times. Like, what's the difference? Like, legitimately, right? All joking aside, what's the difference between The Rock having the belt and never being there and Roman Reigns having the belt and never being there? Yeah. Like, Reigns isn't even going to Australia. No. Like, what the like, hell is that about? He's just like, nah, thanks. I mean, it would actually be, you would see the championship more through, <laughs> you know, through the television watching some, or on YouTube watching The Rock talk about some, some movie than you do now where Reigns is probably at home. Oh. Man, you know, you're talking you're talking me round now. You're, I know, see, actually, doesn't it just make sense? Doesn't it, it make it, sense? It genuinely does now because I was looking at this going, Man, why the rock's even showing up? Because no matter what they pay him, it'll only be a fraction of whatever he'd get for doing, you know, one of his movies and like not risking injuring himself or humiliating himself or whatever in front of a you know, a massive live crowd and live audience. So why is he doing it? But yeah, if it's a longer term thing, I can see that being a being a, a big money deal for him. Yeah. With maybe yeah. studios paying into part of that oh, absolutely. as a as a promotional thing for yeah. Oh man, you're talking me round. <laughs> well look, I mean, that's why I'm kinda like it's sixty forty and either way I can see it happening, but it actually benefits WWE a little bit more because, you know, they get free publicity from the largest and, move, highest paid move star in the world. They have, um, they actually have like oh, you know, Logan Paul. Current Lo- day, Logan Paul. I was Logan literally Paul. about to say that. I was about to say oh, they sorry. have current day precedent for this. Yeah, you're spot on. So you read my mind. Well, you're <laughs> spot on. You said it. For- <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's it. I mean, like, if you want, oh, they'd never do that. I'm like, Logan Paul's walking around with the US title. Does he still, ha- See, still have the US Still has thing. it. Still oh has it. God. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's like. <laughs> Because this, it isn't about and the wrestling. And how often does he show up to oh, wrestle man, I, or defend? I don't know, like probably twice a year, three times a year. And he, he has that take the whole time. There you go. Oh my God. Oh, God Darry, you're talking to me right. Uh, oh, there you go, folks. Will I be right again? I made two p- very bold predictions on this podcast. And I could actually be right about both of them or neither of them. But we'll find out, Martin. So there you go. You know, we said this was going to be a... a, a a wild podcast and it already was but we are going to have to leave it there um, for the radio listeners folks so thank you so much if you're listening to us on the radio we really appreciate it but go over to nerdtoknowmedia.com go over to wrestlingrewind.com where you can reach all of us uh, all the shows we have all the past shows our social media which Martin is, is actually uh, taking taking uh, hand in and actually uh, running now and our, our email address where you guys can you know email us let us know what you want to see give comments about the show all that kind of good stuff. It's all there at the wrestling Get it in the emails. That's that's <laughs> the best place for it. Well, the wrestling rewind.com is a tr- is a link tree and has links to absolutely everything. Give us a follow, like the podcast, spread a word about the podcast because we do appreciate that. And we'll we'll be back next week here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. But we'll be back literally after this break. Uh, if you're listening to us on the radio for a review of TNA's Christmas special from uh, 2007. So we'll be back. Uh, after this break or next week here on The Wrestling Room. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. You have nothing else to do on a Saturday? 
you like nerd things? Now check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5pm to 6pm, and then head over to nerdtoknowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media Radio Network. Hey folks, welcome back to the Wrestling Rewind here on uh, TheWrestlingRewind.com, Nerd to Know Media, and of course, the True Penny channel. Thank you so much for checking us out and sticking with the show. Marin, man. I had to say, I didn't introduce you in the, uh, on the show because we just got straight right into it. But you know him, you love him, Mister One and All, Martin Herty. How are things, sir? Uh, grand. I'm delighted that uh, this uh, part of the show, the the review of the uh, TNA Christmas special, has come along post watershed because yes, because the first, is... <laughs> the first the first image is borderline pornographic. Oh, this is <laughs> absolute attitude era. Russoist, Russiest, Russo, like nonsense. <laughs> you nonsense yeah. This is TNA tits and arse. Is what what this is. Oh man, and you know what? It's it, it's such a weird uh, show that we had to watch it, and obviously we didn't get a chance to do it over Christmas. So this is our like Christmas hangover. Uh, you know, what well, it actually suits because uh, today, the day we're recording this, is the fourteenth of January, and today. Literally, like two hours ago, I finally took down my Christmas tree. So it it kind of suits that we're we're capping off Christmas today. Yes, actually, that's I like that. that that's actually really good. Um, but so you've never seen this before. Um, this is your, your first exposure to it. Exposure <laughs> is the word. Whenever you introduce me to a new TNA thing, exposure is the word. Because it's like. I know, I know. The joke here is that I have TNA uh, PTSD, and it's like not really. I've just I've seen stuff. You know, I know where this can kind of go, and uh, it's just funny to like have like someone's cold reaction to it, where it's like, no, there's no way that's real, and then it is. So <laughs> I'll tell you what my overall impression, because we go through the show. But yeah. My overall impression is uh, strange. This feels more like a TV show about wrestling than uh, a wrestling promotion having its weekly because that's what it was matches and stuff that's yeah what, it, that's what TNA actually and, is yeah and I didn't want to judge it on this show alone because you know it's Christmas special and I thought you know Christmas special you get away with all the goofy stuff uh, you know it's like there's not very many people watching at Christmas anyway but also this is when you can have your Christmas tree matches and your people dressed up as Santa and all that crap. So I didn't want to judge TNA as a whole based on this show, but I don't know if it's the way they do the cutaways or the way the like skits and that are set up and the way it cuts back. It it feels more like a TV show than a than a wrestling show. 
Yeah, well, that's that's what TNA Impact was, man. Like, a lot of the gimmicks that they'd have would be like, hey, you know, this is the way I think we should run things. Or, you know, like, that's that's why when when the the show actually became bad, no one was talking about the show. They were talking about what was happening backstage because the show always flirted with, you know, what's going on in the back and, and the backstage stuff, like the real stuff, the shooty-shoot, worky-work kind of thing. Yeah. It, cre- it created this vibe where yeah the wrestling is phenomenal and it can be absolutely great and that's what people watch it for but then the show oh, yeah itself, don't get me wrong there's some bloody great matches on this but the show itself pushed oh well what's going on in the back and what does this person think and it, you know it lifted the curtain way too much to the point that it was like because remember russo was writing this after all the wcw stuff so it ha- it is still WCW from two thousand uh, from two thousand, but with better wrestling and no Hulk Hogan yet. And, <laughs> yeah, oh <my> you know <laughs> the ominous nature of that sentence with no Hulk Hogan yet. Yeah, and that's where the wheels completely fell off because they just repeated exactly what happened in WCW, but over a longer period of time because the the money was still there. You know that's why TNA is like not not obviously current TNA because that they've learned from it, but that's why like. TNA needs to be studied in wrestling colleges to be like, look, see this, watch this. It's like studying the fall of the Roman Empire. It's like if people watch that, no mistakes would happen again, but they well, don't. That's why when I look at TNA now, like we talked earlier in the show about these two incredible looking cards they have coming up this weekend. Um, Literally in like 20 like minutes. 40 <laughs> minutes, yeah. yeah. Um, and they look much more like, like a stripped back, wrestling promotion putting on wrestling shows rather than this era of tna which as i say is much more like a television show yeah because what happened was the show went from being that to going on spike where they brought in russo and he wrote a television show he didn't write a sports-based program he didn't write wrestling he wrote well i think this would be good and when the wrestling kind of went away or they made the same mistakes where, oh, let's bring in Hulk Hogan and the Nasty Boys. Sure, everybody loves them. Oh, God. No. <laughs> I mean, the cracks just opened up and started seeping pus. You know, the, the old wounds opened up fully again, and it was like the scene from The Exorcist. Um, so I, th- I think uh, whatever you get from this show or your reaction to this show, like if you haven't, if anyone hasn't watched it yet, will depend entirely on what you go into it expecting. So if you go into this accepting that it's going to be like a really goofy, really silly uh, Christmas show, you're going to have a really good time. Like this is, a lot of this is daft beyond belief. But if you go in in expecting that, you're going to have a ball. If you're going in expecting like, you know, like a modern day TNA or, you know, if 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 you're a big AEW fan like myself, this is going to great at first, you know, until you like, like get used to it or until you accept that what you're watching is something else. I mean, but the thing about it is it's like, it's, it's hilarious because it's, it's TNA. Like, this is what they do. This is like, you know, the show is super goofy, but has no, like has flashes of absolute genius, but there's no filter because there never was. Because yeah, it's, nearly, the filter. it's nearly, Worse than uh, worse is the wrong word because I don't want to give the impression that I didn't enjoy it. Once I accepted what it was, <laughs> I 
comply at all watching this. But this ends with an utterly phenomenal match, like an incredible match. Yep. Um, but it's almost too good. It's so jarring to go from the and, and absolute you, bollocks but, that is going on but earlier that, in the show but and then the, this amazing match. But that's the wonder of TNA, man. That is like the gold of it. That's the heart of it. It's like, look at this absolute nonsense but oh my god the x division oh my god like the women's division oh my god this phenomenal main event but then the, there was a backwards back royal oh my god black royal um the black rain is the worst thing ever but aj Styles <laughs> was amazing you know it's that dichotomy and you know tna forgot who, what it was i mean like remember this is before hogan came in this is before bischoff came in he still have the six-sided ring this is as tna as it gets this is like, it's not peak TNA because we passed that. 2005 was like the last great year. 2007 in the mid-year was great, but we're in full nonsense territory and it kind of ambles on yeah. until Hogan comes and you in. Can, and again, you kind of give them a pass on this episode at least because it is, like you say, a Christmas Oh, don't do, don't do that though. I mean, you're just making excuses. For that <laughs> I'm still... Like you're you're still coping here, man. Like you see that you see the way they have Christmas lights. So there's there's a Christmas like cage match, right? They had an electrified steel cage match. So it was the same thing as this, but the lights went on and off. <laughs> so they just brought That's that they, back out. Yeah, they just I brought it back out. Really liked the the uh, cage match they had with the the and the big the lights on the cage and the big bows uh, on the joints of the cage. I thought that, like, as a Christmas gimmick, I thought that looked pretty cool. Yeah, no, it did, but the goofiness never went away. Like, it's, Oh, no. It, it, it's it's directly tied... It's it's part of, like, the, the heart and soul of Impact. Of, of uh, Jesus. When it's called TNA, I call it Impact. When it's called Impact, I call it TNA. It's ridiculous. Uh, sorry. Um, it it it's part of the part and parcel of of the product. You need to come and, up and with an uh, an overarching umbrella term for the whole thing. Yeah, just TNA. It, it, call it, it, it the the Dixie Slam. The Dixie. <laughs> we used to have a segment on the international desk called the Dixie Train, where we talk about the mad stuff that she did within the week, and that was fun. But it's like it, it's just kind of like. Whatever, because look, I do agree with you that this wasn't a pay-per-view, because it wasn't. It was an episode of Impact that was just, the goofiness was, t- was turned way up and the matches this, were better. This isn't during the era when they were charging for individual, oh, like weekly episodes oh, of Impact, is it? Oh, no, no, no. This is like Spike TV. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no. Dar is my TNA guy, so like a lot, a lot of this stuff I'm going into cold like uh like i don't know what's happening in a lot of these feuds so 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 for background right um that era where they're charging weekly ended in 2005 after unbreakable where they got a deal on spike okay okay so so basically like your reading of this as a tv show is yeah because it was on spike (laughs) spike wanted a tv show and the tv show just happened to be wrestling they taped this in orlando in Universal Studios, you could probably see a bunch of Universal Studios t-shirts in the audience because guess what? It's right beside it. <laughs> and um, yeah, that I man, mean... TV executives just do not understand wrestling. No, like, they don't. Do you remember uh, Sci-Fi uh, got the rights to ECW and yes. insisted... Yes. Well, they, they got the ECW zombie, but that was a compromise. What they initially wanted... Uh, sci-fi wanted an alien (laughs) (laughs) people do not understand wrestling leave it alone leave it no but that's the thing it's like 
you know, they had like this show doesn't like. Okay, I know I'm saying. I know I know I'm saying. I know I'm saying like a lot, but I'm trying to like find the best analogy. So you have, I don't know if you've seen uh, Wrestling Society X. I don't know if you've seen Lucha Underground. Yeah, um, yeah. Though, as good or bad as they were, they had a similar problems to Impact because they were like very much at the behest of the, the networks where the networks would want certain things. So, I mean, this show had, a, like when you're watching an Impact show, an episode of Impact from this time, you know it's TNA Impact. Because of the six-sided ring, and like the way it's shot and the way it looks, it looks kind of low rent, but not really. It's like just that point where it's like this is very low rent. This is like an independent fed, but it has a bit more money than that. Uh, like AEW obviously doesn't have that. AEW looks like an actual wrestling show because it is. It looks like WCW did. Impact is this weird own vibe where you're like, okay, I know I'm watching TNA Impact, but. It's goofy and kind of looks silly, but the wrestling is really good too. And that's all just part of the brand. And that was like some of the charm. So the goofy charm is like part of it. Like you can't, like even now, like Grado is a massive star in, in TNA Impact for a reason. And he's the goofiest bastard in the world. TV uh, wrestling negotiation right deals should, should go like this, right? Right. The TV executive is brought into the room and in the room, there's a table with the contract on it, and surrounding the room, along the walls of the room, are all your biggest, meanest, angriest, shootiest-looking heels, right? right. You, just, you have them in. And the TV executive comes in, he sits down, and he signs the paper, and then he fucks off out of the room for the next five years until it's time to renew the rights deal. That, like, they should have absolutely no say over the actual product whatsoever because every time they interfere with the wrestling side of wrestling they make it worse yes yes that's true that's true i mean but when you inter- when you interfere with anything that you don't understand they make it worse i had yeah. a conversation the other day with someone who works for a gaming company i'm not gonna say which one but uh he said very much the same thing he was like yeah, they don't understand how, like, executives don't understand how much they ruin, they ruin the products and kill the soul of the people who made them. But the difference here is, right, the person making this is Vince Russo. And he and he's a TV guy. So he's going to book it like, a, he's going to write it like a TV show and book it like a TV show. So, I mean, it's un, it's unhinged Vince Russo. So that's, that's also a part of it, you know? That guy picked uh, on Raw magazine. <laughs> when he was writing for the Raw magazine, uh, that's where he should still be today. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so look, so the show opens up. So okay, we're gonna do a, a bit, a bit of a background. So the show opens up. Uh, it was on the twentieth of December two thousand and seven from the Impact Zone. The previous episode was uh, on the thirteenth of December, um, and like it's not Christmas Day. It wasn't recorded. It's pretty probably recorded it in November, if not October. <laughs> <laughs> they, they recorded these in blocks, so they they do like eight or nine hours in a row. Like it wasn't, you know, there's a very high possibility this could have been done like before Halloween, right? I, yeah. I don't know. I was just I was just gonna say, I bet if you lift like the the Christmas curtains around in the ring, there's like a Halloween hell. <laughs> yeah, because that's the way they used to do it. I, like as I said, when when me and my dad went there when I was like a teenager, <laughs> my dad was Halloween. But, and it's like Easter slam. No man, right? Like when 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 I went to the Impact Zone, when me and my dad went when I was a teenager, um, 
you know, we were there for like a block tapings. We were on like six or seven episodes. And then like a year later, I'm watching it. My dad just shows up on it. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's, so, yeah, I mean, they would just do it this way where, you know, they take bits and pieces. But yeah, they had the studio time and they had an audience. They're like, very quick, everybody go, go, go. The only thing that would be like live would be the pay-per-views. Yes. Yeah. So it would get what would be awkward though is when you're oh, watching. Yeah, it the must sh- be difficult booking like like a recording all that and then doing your pay per view, but trying to time that with everything you've, you know, with the two months of wrestling that you've recorded. Yeah. No. And the thing about it is as well, like um, you'll be watching the show sometimes, uh, or what would come out from the from the tapings, and you'd see a lad who had a belt not have a belt in the next match. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> and then when you're watching the show, you're like, oh, that makes sense because that's for after the pay-per-view when he lost the belt. <laughs> and it, it's an absolute train wreck of a way to do a show. But they made it work. And it was, it was super, super cost-effective. So it didn't really cost them anything. Like, So it was grand. But it has these weird problems. So look, the matches, the matches itself, there aren't loads of matches. There are, they're all gimmick matches because of course they are. Uh, this is it's a TNA staple where oh you're just not going to have a normal match you're going to have gimmick matches up the wazoo and six but these stuff. are these are gimmick matches that have been gimmicked again for Christmas, for Christmas. Yeah. so, <laughs> so it's not a pole match ones. it's a double north pole match it's not a cage match it's a Christmas chaos cage match it's not a street fight it's a Santa's workshop street fight and then it's not a, a I, don't, I guess it would be a, just a four-way no holds barred it's a silent night violent night or silent night bloody night whatever but yeah everton's a, a key- and it, and, it's, and and it's not a, a, a crybaby match it's a loser wears a reindeer suit ladder match uh, sorry hold on hold on that's three gimmicks yeah the, <laughs> the, the crybaby gimmick a ladder match the ladder and then and- a christmas twist on it the reindeer, yeah, that's a give. That's a hat on a hat on a hat. Oh man, <laughs> Russo did himself. God. Russo, my God, <laughs> he was like, bro, we're gonna gimmick this out three times. You ever, you ever seen that episode of Father Ted where Father Jack is judging a wet T-shirt contest? Yeah, and he's just sitting there at the microphone going, "More water." <laughs> just, just see Russo out the back booking this, going, "More hats, bro." More hats. <laughs> More hats. Put another hat on that hat. Russo, there's seven hats on this match already. <laughs> we, can't even, hat on it. we can't even see the match anymore. I'll, t- I'll tell you when there's enough hats. So look, the show I starts... I used to write for Raw magazine. <laughs> I'm Vic Venom, damn it. <laughs> so the show opens up with, with a pretty good video package. I, I do like the old TNA uh, video package. I hope they bring that back. With, good, you know, the yeah. guy doing the voice. He, that's like proper TNA, right? So I hope that 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 is a thing that that comes back in the new TNA. But um, then it twists where you better watch out. Santa Claus is coming to TNA and then you know you're in. You're in. So the show opens up proper with Eric Young. Yes, that Eric Young. And the sad thing about Eric Young now is while he's really great and he, he's like the like the heart and soul of TNA, I still remember him like this. So this is how I always see Eric. So when he was doing Sanity and everything in WDB, I'm like, Eric Young, <laughs> he runs around dressed like an elf on the regular, you know. But so it opens up in this big mansion, and Eric Young and Jeremy Borash are, are just hanging out with like I don't know who these two guys are, but they're two like slobs, 
And then, like, like a young one. Cousins, I think he says. Oh, it's cousins. And then there's a young one dressed as, like, Mrs. Claus playing with a lemur for some reason. Uh, Yeah. And that's how we open up. And then there's random WWE uh, legends, like the Bushwhackers. Well, Uh, hold on now. They'd obviously spent all their money on the gimmicks for the matches. So they could only afford to book one of the Bushwhackers. That's true. One of the Bushwhackers. Why would you only book one of the Bushwhackers? Like... Because they're expensive. <laughs> they're not individual stars. Like, they're only... Like, I would only want to see the Bushwhackers. I wouldn't want to see one Bushwhacker. <laughs> but that's all they could provide. <laughs> so, JB is just hanging out in Eric Young's house. And that, like that's like the the ongoing like thread of the of the show. And then it cuts back to the normal impact opening... Uh, and we get started off. So the first match, um, it, and they did in TNA, they sometimes have a graphic to explain how complex the match is. And look, another rule that we can add: if your uh, if your match requires a, an infographic, it's too complicated. Uh, <laughs> so that does happen. Watch out for it. Whenever we co- cover TNA, you know it. You know it's bad when an infographic appears. This is our thesis on this match. Exactly. They're like, here's how it works. And you're like, if you have to do that, it doesn't work. Um, so obviously you didn't have to do it on this one because it is just a straightforward cage match with some Christmas lights. Now look, America's Most Wanted, phenomenal tag team, right? Uh, we haven't talked about that much. They have broken up at this point. But James, long story short, James, James Storm is a massive TNA star. He is probably the TNA star. And he, he worked with Robert Roode. They did Bear Money. Bear Money was huge. And obviously, they're teaming with um, with uh, you know, Booker the, T and oh, sorry, oh, sorry with the, the, rock, the and rock and roll, rock and rave. Yeah. So they're just jobbers. Jimmy Rave and Lance Hoyt. Lance, obviously, they're WCW guys. And then you have Booker T teaming with with uh, Scott Steiner and LAX. Right. So LAX are another TNA uh, massive massive tag team so you kind of have like a weird synthesis here where you have like old tna and then what tna would become kind of clashing in the most ridiculous match that is a great match because yeah look any other time a steel a six-sided steel is like a, a feud ender it's a big deal but this one has christmas lights <laughs> and for some reason and bows on it and for some reason that just minimizes the impact of it and the fact that all the managers are dressed like uh, Mrs. Claus now look I'm not complaining about that but I am saying it does kind of remove a little bit of like oh this is a violent match when it's like look at this big bow we have and the thing of it is <laughs> and then there's also a side product, a, a side gimmick where Bobby Roode has two managers fighting over him and one of them is just standing in the crowd throwing dagger eyes you're like oh my god what is this but you did finally get to see the proper LAX entrance where they have their own cool entrance. Like it's like a prison class. Yeah, it was pretty Love cool. It. Love LAX, man. They're such like, it's a shame because Hernandez would, they would eventually make them into a single star and it'd be a massive train wreck. But LAX is like what LAX needs to come back as like a, a modern gimmick, obviously with, with two younger guys, maybe have Hernandez or, um, or Conan, if you can get them to come back and just like have the new LAX, that'd be class. I'd be all for that. Yeah, um, I mean, one thing that struck me about this match before getting the actual match was looking down the card as a whole. There are eight people in the match. I think three or four of them come out with like uh, managers or you know 
the people who valets or whatever. There's a women's match later on that has I think maybe ten people in it, and then the Silent Night Bloody Night is a four way, and there's a couple of tags that have you know multiple tag teams, and then another guy with them. Half this show is entrances. Like it's literally half the runtime is taken up with the uh, you know people people's entrances to the ring, mm. um, and it really comes out in these big, like the big multi-person matches. I think the the main offenders were this match and the the women's match we'll get to later. Um, the actual match itself in the cage, oh, it, it wasn't great. No, it really, it really wasn't. Like this uh, multi-man thing doesn't work with the six-sided ring unless you have little lockdown where they're all in the ring at the same time. Like here's the thing: a cage match with rules is silly because they're in a cage. Well, that, that was the other thing. There it's was, so silly. Sometimes they were standing at the side of the cage waiting for a tag, and then sometimes they weren't. I didn't, I, I didn't understand what was happening for for a lot of this. Um, the other thing I really noticed was, my God, has Lance Archer, like, uh, talk about somebody who aged like a fine wine. I would not pay to see Lance Hoyt if he was wrestling in the yard. I, I was just about to say, I'm like, how dare you refer to Lance Hoyt as anything else? <laughs> I would not pay to see Lance Hoyt if he was in my garden. Well, <laughs> Lance really, Archer's amazing. He's one of my favourite wrestlers. But this it, this it, lanky gimp. <laughs> is there ever a clearer indicator of who's going to win a match? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, stars and Lance Hoyt. <laughs> so this, is, this is a kind of a... Like, I couldn't even pick out particular spots. Cause there's no, there wasn't that no many of them. No, it's just no, a no. kind of a mishmash. And then even the finish is a dud. It's just yeah. there's like all this brawling going on in the ring. And then in the middle of it, you can kind of make out Booker T pinning someone. Yeah, he, he randomly hits the bookend in the middle of a melee. Yeah. And it looks like the ref is about to punch Scott Steiner in the face. <laughs> I think I think this was a, this was a kind of a, we'll call it when we're out there, brother. Just yeah. brawl, and then the referee will say, "All right, lads, we got thirty seconds, you yeah. know, till till the ad." But look, and but look, then, look, but look how happy, finish. But look how happy Booker T is having time of his life. He's like, "I'm getting paid for this. This is awesome." Oh, he's just yeah, he's living, and I'd say he's getting paid well. Yeah, he's having a good time. So from there, we go back to Eric Young's house, and they're having. Uh, oh, this was. Uh, so th- is this the this is the one where Velvet Sky and Angeline Love show up? Yes. And they uh, say yes. it to sorry, what's your man's name? Chris. Uh, what do you call him? Who's the elf? Oh, Eric Young. Oh, Eric Young. Sorry, not Chris. Eric Young. Yeah. So uh, Velvet Sky and Angeline Love show up, and they say to Eric Young, "We're here to service the guests." And he's like, "Oh, you mean you want like hand out?" tea and cookies and they're like no we're here to service them we're here to make sure everyone has a really merry christmas and he's like oh you're gonna fill stockings and i was just waiting for one of them to go we are here to suck dicks like <laughs> so fucking blatant and obvious like i'm watching the thing going waiting for the waiting for the punchline no, they're just they're just a couple of prostitutes who have <laughs> just a couple of prostitutes. This is a couple of prosies who have showed up to the Christmas party. 
<laughs> you know what? I was watching this right, and I think they missed it. They missed the trick. You know who they should have on the couch as one of his uh, as one of Eric Young's like relations. Oh, uh, maybe the Godfather. No, the character Mark Madden. The <laughs> the legally distinct. The legally character. distinct. Not the man, the character. No, not the person who could sue us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you imagine? Like that's what they should have done. Just have him at his most lecherous. Just yeah, but, but he get... wouldn't even like the lecher. I don't. I don't think you can be lecherous with a prostitute. The lechery comes from, you know, two uh, strong competitive female athletes battling each other in the ring fighting for their future fighting for their lives in some way because you know people get injured and hurt in the ring and mark madden is sitting there mentally <laughs> commentating on their athletic prowess just drooling over them <laughs> that's where the lechery comes from prostitutes you can't really be lecherous with a prostitute that's what they're they're there but they're not supposed to be prostitutes but they're, they're, not the, they're part of the women's division <laughs> they are part of the women's division so why they've showed up to this party i keep saying we're here to service the guests <laughs> we're here to make sure everyone has a merry christmas you know we want everybody to have a happy ending and uh, you know like what are you <laughs> yeah you're sending so, out mixed messages is that what you're saying yeah th- this whole thing and then later on we get some stuff with uh Kurt Angle and his missus. Yeah. <laughs> like, TNA really just did say, see the Attitude Era. See all the, like, the the uh, wrestling and, you know, the hot angles and all that stuff that happened during the Attitude Era. Get rid of that and keep the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Turn the rest up. Yeah, <laughs> turn ev- everything else, ramp it up to 11. So... <laughs> The next segment is the Dudleys coming out, and obviously there are super heels at this point, and address is Bad Santa, right? And I will call at one point uh, if you look over, like on Devon's, uh, like Devon's left hand side, you will see a massive thing two shirt from Universal Studios. About, oh, the thing to yeah, like thing you know thing yeah, it's just like okay, awesome, you got that from Islands of Avenger. It just completely <laughs> just ruins. The vibe of the whole thing. I don't know why they let them keep Universal Studios merch on. on it's team. like when they started battling with lightsabers. Yeah, it's exactly the thing. It's like, no. So uh, Bubba cuts a pretty meh promo, but it is setting up uh, It is setting up a double North Pole match, right? But the thing about it is, it's a bad promo, but it actually leads to like, because uh, the, the Dudleys would be actually above this, and they don't really, they don't really do this kind of thing. This is a very WWE uh, segment, so they bring out miniature versions of uh, the Motor City Machine Guns, and it, uh, and also of uh, Black Machismo with Jay Lethal, right? So this is Jay Lethal doing the um, Macho Man gimmick, yeah, yeah. And uh, they bring out miniature versions of them, and usually this kind of stuff isn't funny. Uh, I don't find it really funny, but it, it this one, right, kind of is because. He does instead of treating them like little people, he tre- they treat them like children going to see Santa. <laughs> and whatever it is, it's just the right amount of goofy where it's like, okay, that's actually pretty. Funny. My my <laughs> only issue funny. with this segment was that <clears throat> um, it went on a bit. Too, it went on a bit too it long. Did yeah, it went on about two or three minutes too long. If but... they could have taken the core of it, which was the you know um, 
the oh, I'm trying to think of what the right word is the, the little people sitting up on Santa's lap and him you know talking about uh, you know what do you wish for and he's oh I want a night with a I can't remember which female wrestler he referred to, but he wanted a night with this female wrestler. And then Devon goes, "Oh, here's five dollars, and I want my change back." You know, like, <laughs> like the, the 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 segment could have been really snappy yeah. and funny if they kept it tight. But uh, man, they did well, look, the big long entrance, and then the long. big long preamble, and then they brought out the little guys, and then the you know, it just yeah, it, it went on a bit too long. Yeah, it's like that's what I'm saying. It's it's one of the only times that the the Dudleys would do this. Uh, like it's a very very WWE gimmick, or even from this time, which is why it doesn't really work. Uh, like it's it's funny because like Bubba actually is quite interesting. Like he is good on the mic, but the promo wasn't great. But the actual like, you know, what do you want for Christmas kind of thing is like that's so weird. And the way they did it was kind of I've never seen it done that way before. Um, my yeah. issue, my wish, my issue with it is goes on too long. But also, the guns don't look like the guns are like phenomenal. They're like probably one of the best tag teams of all time. Oh, but not, incredible! But, but no one gets over in that. Like even when they're waiting to beat up, like they wait until the little people are battered to come out. Why didn't they inter- interrupt the segment? <laughs> you know yeah. when they started and they're like, oh, you just keep, yeah, just keep making fun of us for like. Do you, think, do you think maybe they were like, do you know what? It's Christmas. You know, goodwill to all men. Let's let's give Bubba Ray and Devon the benefit of the doubt. Let's assume that they're bringing these little people out there not to humiliate and assault them. <laughs> no, but I mean, leave them aside. They wait until the assault is halfway through. Yeah. So when they start making fun of them, it's like they just wet. They just like, okay, yeah, go on, make fun of us. That's totally cool. Because I mean, this happened in, in like in the WWE where Triple H would bring out an imposter of Mick Foley, and Mick Foley would batter the the the, the imposter. Like halfway through the angle, the guns are like, "Oh yeah, go on, do your whole thing, do do your whole thing, the whole seven minutes of it, we're good." And JD was like, "Yeah, man, absolutely." And they only come out when the the, the little lads are getting battered. It's a bit like uh, when Jeff Hardy debuted on AEW. Matt Hardy's getting beaten down, and Jeff Hardy's music hits, and the crowd pops like mad. And Jeff Hardy comes running out. His brother's getting assaulted, <laughs> and he stops at the top of the ramp to do his stupid dance. <laughs> does his dance to the crowd and then he runs in to rescue his brother (laughs) I need to do my stupid little dance first if you're having having a word with your brother later on he's like Jeff appreciate you coming down to help me Um, maybe it's the concussion talking (laughs) but I could have sworn I sort of saw between the boots that were landed in my face (laughs) And like I say, maybe it was the concussion. I could have sworn I seen you up on the stage doing your fucking dance. <laughs> it's like, did you have a little dance? <laughs> did you? While I was getting battered, did you have a wee dance? As they were kicking my head in. <laughs> you were dancing, yeah. It's the same thing. And I mean, that was that was like the major problem I had with the segment where I'm like, okay, it could have been shorter. And if it had been shorter as well, that actually would have solved the problem. Because when they started, they could have ran in. Because they didn't even get any music or anything, which I mean... The motor, the motor city machine guns entrance is like a proper thing. As was uh, Jay Lethal when he's doing Black Machizo. I mean, that's why he was over because he was pretending to be the Macho Man. <laughs> he's a great talent, and you know, obviously, he's proved that. But at that time, the gimmick was a hundred percent that he's making fun of the Macho Man. That's that's yeah. why he was over, and they and just didn't do it. He was so good at us. 
Yeah, exactly. Like that's what got. But by by not doing it, I think they they hurt themselves. So from there we go back to Eric Young's house, and it's a bit more lively, as you said. The the <laughs> what did you call them? The hookers. Uh, <laughs> because Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, like I don't know what they're trying to do, but they really are portraying themselves here as like ladies of the night. And there's a bit of a calf fight then randomly where where the ladies who aren't ladies of the night are fighting like ODB and Jacqueline and stuff. ODB does a brilliant thing where she uh, she's obviously meant to get this lane out, but she forgets. So she hoofs a bucket of uh, ace over two of them. Yes. But then she starts to slip on the ace. But as she's slipping on the ace, she remembers she has a lane. So it's kind of, you, should, you should watch it back. It's kind of hilarious where she's like, falling like shoot falling and all you can hear is to go you're slut <laughs> <laughs> as she's coping so i think that is to set up like the sandus workshop match which comes up straight after it i mean it's really weird because it's like you're supposed to be in eric young's house so did you get the bus all the yeah. way <laughs> it doesn't make any sense it's like when i was watching this i was like oh that's somewhere else they're all just hanging out but like no they're going to be like literally so in the in the continuity, what's Eric Young's sitting room doing in the impact zone? Exactly, that's either either his sitting room is in the impact zone, or they had to go get a bus and and, and go through Universal Studios to get there. Doesn't make so, any uh, sense. Uh, after that, um, Kurt Angle then shows up with, with uh, Jeff Jarrett's wife. With Jeff Jarrett's wife, yeah, and. She is oh wait, wearing... no, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, here's the thing. So they're in the middle of the divorce angle. So she hasn't left them just yet for Jeff Jarrett, but it's in the middle of it. Right. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, what's the real life thing here? Oh well, they were going through a divorce. That's the thing. But the storyline is also the divorce. So I think she is dating Jeff Jarrett at this point. Right. Well, so her and Kurt Angle show up. And the dress she is wearing, I swear to God, uh, some form of black magic was holding it together. <laughs> like it's as risque as you can get on TV without being like it is. Have you ever seen that episode of Family Guy <laughs> where Peter sets up his own TV show um, <laughs> and he he gets away with as much side boob as he can? There's so much side boob on this. He can show side yeah. boob my God, this is like, this is absolutely stretching the definition of side boob to the, to its absolute limits. It's one step away from just like, remember when was it stable had like handprints on our boobs? <laughs> yeah. Just we're once we're one step removed from that. At that stage, just, just get them out. <laughs> but well, um, it sets up the it sets up the angle here. It's a San, what's it? A Santa non-title. They made that very clear. A non-title Santa's Workshop street fight. So again, non-title Santa's Workshop, workshop. whatever the hell that is, street, street fight. <laughs> uh, but before we get to that, this is just another example of Russo taking the worst aspects of the Attitude Era. Um, uh, so. Your man Eric Young's talking to Kurt Angle, and he's, fo- he's it's a follow up on the joke from earlier where the women are going, "Oh, we're here to service everybody." Uh, he's saying, "Oh, hi, Kurt. Thanks for coming to my party. Can I service you?" And he's going, "What? You want to service me?" He's, "Yeah, you come to my party. I want to service you." And Kurt says, 
what are you, some kind of cupcake? <laughs> Which I assume that. is yeah. like people used to use fruitcake as kind of like a, a homophobic slur, but in this one, it's cupcake. Is that like a, a festive homophobic slur? <laughs> I oh, I, I missed that know. one. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, some kind of cupcake? Oh, my God. So in this, in this next match, you have a lot of the women who are in the last uh, the last skit, for want of a better word, except for one. The whole women's roster in this match. Yeah, exactly. But one that shows up that you may have never actually seen before, Martin, is a lady called Roxy Laveau, right? Yes. And she's a member of a very infamous TNA stable. Do you know who they are? Uh, no. What if I was to say the Alamo, Michael Hick- Hickenbottom, Paul <laughs> 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 <A ball> Levescu. <laughs> she was part of VKM, the Voodoo Kin Mafia. She was oh. Voodoo in Voodoo Kin Mafia. Oh, so she's the one who does the weird walk up to uh, Kong at the end. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so this match is, it, it's pretty clear this match breaks down pretty clearly in the division who the wrestlers are and who the hot women they put on TV are. So there's 10 women in this match. They have this big toy box that's full of weapons. Straight away, Awesome Kong and Gail Kim batter uh, each other outside of the ring and they go away like fighting around the arena. And those two are the wrestlers. Awesome Kong and Gail Kim, genuinely brilliant wrestlers. And apparently this feud is like incredible. I haven't seen it, but apparently it's incredible. Which um, one? Sorry. Which one? Sorry. Awesome Kong and Gail Kim. Oh my god, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It, like it, the, I, I, sorry, I didn't sell that. For, I, I should have like. Yeah. No, that's like. I don't want to leave that hanging. That is literally the greatest women's feud of wrestling history. Yeah, it it looks amazing. No, no, it, it is. It's completely untouched. It's like, incredible. It's a testament to how amazing it looks that it looks amazing when the eight other women in the ring cannot wrestle. This is no. when the camera is not on Awesome Kong and Gail Kim. This is an absolute clusterfuck of <laughs> botches, of missed moves, of people shouting their spots at each other and shouting to get out of the way so I can do my spot. Uh, well, see, and they have. <laughs> See, this is why they put them like Christy Hemi was great in loads of things. Uh, this wasn't one of them. So she's probably the worst one in the ring, right? Um, but the whole point of this match, really, I think, was so Gail Kim and Awesome Kong can have a match, and the rest of the girls can just fall around. I mean, the difference in quality is so stark. Like this is um. Gail Kim and Awesome Kong, and then a bunch of nobodies, a bunch of jobbers. Like, they, they kind of, they made the Awesome Kong Gail Kim feud look incredible, but kind of at the expense of the entire rest of the women's division. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it was kind of bare. Um, like, ODB was pretty good, Jackdon was pretty good. Oh, ODB um, was great, yeah. She she was great crack. I liked her as a character. She was fun. but like it is slim pick. Like the beautiful people worked as a as a stable, 
not so much as individual stars. Like ever, Angelina Love was probably the most competent one. Um, I remember, were they the ones we reviewed a couple of months back? Uh, they had a three-way with yes. Um, yes, this is the was there. Uh, Billy Gunn. Yeah, God, that's yeah, exactly they were, it. They were dreadful. <laughs> no, but I mean, they, what, okay, what got them over was the entrance. Yeah, that was it. That's where it began and where it ended. But Angelina Love was the most competent one, so take off that what you will. But this match itself, like you can tell, it's built around Kong and Gail Kim, and that's it. And I mean, and they do a hell of a job. <clears throat> um, I won't, I won't go through it like move by move, but there's one particular uh, thing or one particular spot where they're really playing off the size difference here. Um, where Awesome Kong gets Gail Kim set up for the powerbomb. I've never seen this before, and I don't know why more people don't do it. Gail Kim does this amazing, kind of like one-leg scorpion kick, where she flicks her leg back over her own back and kicks Kong in the face while she's trying to powerbomb her. It was incredible. Well, that's it. I mean, and then at the end of it, like Angelina, not Angelina Love, um, Christy Hemi, takes a powerbomb and it nearly kills her yeah <laughs> but but immediately once awesome Kong gets gets the win gail kim's back out there to build up the match because i mean that was the point like this wasn't a pay-per-view this was just something they're like right we give you some more extra time you can go out and you can do you can do the show um and that's what it was but yeah it, it, it was kind of it really my, was a tale of two cities my only complaint was that that toy box was sitting in there and nobody went through it nobody got slammed like through the toy box that was the the only uh the only kind of complaint i'd have but but i tell you what that i would watch this awesome kong gail kim feud from the start it looks incredible well we might have to but we went back to eric young's house and we have a special guest the special guest is a hall of famer don't you know the three disc deluxe boxer wwe hall of famer patra Braden Walker. <laughs> it is Braden Walker or Chris Harris, as he's known in TNA. Um, before, and it's his birthday. And it's his birthday. So uh, he shows up, which is weird because I haven't seen Braden Walker in ages. And then the mini guns. And well, but before the, the mini guns show up, show up uh, yeah, he, he comes out and uh, says Derek Young that it's his birthday. And Eric Young goes, it's someone else's birthday today. <laughs> Who? And Eric Young goes, uh, maybe you've heard of him, JC. And he goes, <laughs> Jim Cornette, it's not his birthday today. <laughs> Sanjay, uh, Dutt, that was good. Sanjay Dutt managed to get some uh, some action with SoCal Val. He does. He hops in there. She, oh. uh, she pulls out the mistletoe. She's looking to smooch from Black Machismo. And Sanjay Dutt swoops in there for... <laughs> tiny little bit of festive sexual assault <laughs> speaking of assault we have the next festive assault never mind uh, we have Silent Night Bloody, Nat, Bloody Night Fatal 4 Way Match and a Hardcore Match Relic Abyss Black Rain and Shark Boy well but again again right again just to Silent Night, Bloody Night, four-way hardcore match, Relic, which is killer backwards, you know, 
I, I was just going to check to make sure you, you were aware of that. I'm aware of that. Uh, Abyss, Black Rain, is the infamous Black Rain, and Shark Boy in this match. Um, first question about this Silent yeah. Night, Bloody Night. Why wouldn't you just call this match Violent Night? I don't know. Makes much more sense, it's much snappier, and it actually sounds like silent. <laughs> I. Okay, so Relic comes out and has the most ridiculous, ridiculous thing ever. Right? He really, he's just the worst. He's the worst character ever. Wait. But he shouldn't be. I mean, it's actually should be pretty cool. But he's so like he he has a he has two masks, man. Here, maybe you he can two masks. Maybe you can clear up the the Relic lore for me here. Cause maybe I misheard something. But is the story with Relic that? He is a projection of Black Rain's mind. Yes. What? Yeah. So he showed up with Black Rain, and Black Rain is like the character, and Relic is his evil side. So he's a, so this was so a couple of months ago we watched a pay per view where uh, Black Rain was going. Oh, there's a part of me that I, hasn't come out yet that I've never even accessed that I'm afraid to go there and that's what this is this is yeah. him projecting this entity into reality yes yeah. Jesus Christ <laughs> uh, one thing I do have to notice so <laughs> Sharkboy's video right has a really funny touch that I didn't realise was there right so there's a bit where he's going down like Sharkboy's going down he's the only one on this ride and he's like splashing down. Yeah. And okay, so it kind of makes no sense. But that ride is literally Jurassic World Jurassic Park River Adventure. He's on the ride by oh, himself. Nice. Now Get, getting fed to the Mosasaurus. No, no, no. There, no, there is no no, see that's the thing. That would make sense, right? But there are no sharks on that ride. That's the one in Tokyo. <laughs> in, in I think it's Hong Kong or Tokyo. Like that's just a he's on a dinosaur ride with normal dinosaurs. Two sharks. sharks were around then. No, no, way should it no it would have made more sense if you had been in SeaWorld with the sharks. Oh yeah. That'd be one. Did no one say that to him go, listen, bro, I mean, I like that ride too. It is super fun, but no sharks there. Yeah. <laughs> you want here's a ticket to SeaWorld. And I mean that's that's a bit of a downgrade, but at least there'd be you get a picture with with the sharks. I don't know. But then he would have got all defensive and he could have just been like, yeah, well, you're the one who called this bloody thing Silent Night, Bloody Night instead of Violent Night. Like, <laughs> you're not fucking perfect. But the rest of his video package is also him with Hulk hands for some reason. Oh, yeah. Do you remember he had them in the previous pay-per-view we watched no, but what I'm well. saying to you. I'm like, which is it? Like, you're just using free things you got from Universal Studios. Yeah, you think he just picked them up on the wall, like he had on the way in Dixie yeah. Carter, and she was like, "Listen, Shark Boy, uh, the Shark Boy thing, it's it's really sort of it's it's had its time. I want you to show up to my office tomorrow <laughs> with three brand new gimmicks." And he went out that night and got hammered and forgot about it. I was just walking to work the next day. I was like, "Oh shit, shit! I just need something, anything. Just pick some stuff up from the store." <laughs> No, he picked it up on the theme park on the way in. The theme park, yeah. Do you yeah. think? Uh, do you think a part of the TNA contract at this time was you get free tickets to like Universal Studios anytime you want? 
Okay, well, I'm glad he's coming back to Impact. I mean, that makes sense. So, fair play to him. Good man. Good man, Shark Boy. Yeah, he was never in it, apart from in Independence. He was never in anything else, was he? He was, he was always TNA. Uh, TNA and, and WWE. Yeah, so... WWE. Here's the thing. He could be in the Royal Rumble. Oh. I, so, you you brought up earlier, one of your predictions was that there'd be TNA people in the Royal Rumble. 100% with you there. Like Yes, I think that's going to happen. I genuinely um, think that's going to happen, yeah. How far the relationship goes beyond that, I don't know, because uh, unless Endeavour think we'll put up like a relatively small amount of money for TNA, and then we'll use WWE to get it over. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen, man. I think maybe I think they're thinking probably, that. Yeah, yeah I, like because I mean, TNA they have a bit of a buzz, but like they'll probably do like it's its own thing, and they'll probably use it to get it over. Yeah. No, I don't think Sharkboy will actually show up to Rumble, but what would be cool? Well, I don't know. Like he'd be a cool, like uh, <clears throat> kind of like a pop. Like he doesn't have to beat anybody. He he could have his entrance music come in, you know, have, do a funny thing, and then get thrown out. Well, yeah, that would actually be cool. We know it would be even more cool, and he could actually do it. Next time Austin is back, Sharkboy comes out, and Austin stuns the hell out of him. Yeah. And that would just be amazing. Like, they can actually do that now, and no, everybody gets over. Because, you know, they finally have, like, what, a 20-year story. <laughs> what, what, if, <clears throat> what if Austin comes back at the Rumble and wins it, and WrestleMania is Rock Austin? Or, oh, man, that'd be cool. But I don't, I don't think so. I think that's probably a bit too far out there. A bit too far, yeah. You're going, too... man. You're going. You're... I think your head would explode. <laughs> oh, I, I would love it, but I'm like, I don't think so. Uh, okay, look, th- there were some cool spots in this. Not many, though. The match was yeah. really hampered by the gimmick. Uh, like, and it's, yeah. it's kind of sad at, to say at that one stage, um, in order to set up a thing with the the Christmas tree swinging around, it gets. Why they put it on a noose? I'll never know. Yeah, it was. But nice. it gets, oh, to make it extra edgy. It gets swung <laughs> into black rain, and in yeah. order for him to allow the next spot to happen, he has to sit there in the corner like a gimp and hold the Christmas tree, yeah. the barbed wire Christmas tree, on himself. Because like, if he lets go of it, it'll swing away. Oh, so, just... so look as bad as this match was the ending of it was so much worse so they had glass and thumbtack set up you know both of them side by side in a nice little pile yeah. uh father james mitchell comes out and introduces his son judas macias yep one of the worst characters that's what you'd call your kid well, I mean, Father James, James Mitchell, he's a, he's a weird dude, you know? Like, uh, this baby looks like a complete piece of shit. I'm going to call him Judas. Macias. <laughs> um, not Judas Mitchell, which would make sense. No, Macias. <laughs> so so it sets up the second ever barbed wire massacre match that happens in, in TNA. Uh, it's not good. Uh, we'll watch it sometime if you want. Um, but it's not as good as the first one, which was against Sabu. So we, we have a winner. Uh, I think Relic wins. Yeah, Relic yeah, wins yeah, by, he, by pinning Abyss. Uh, poor Black No, Rain. no, he pins uh, Sharkboy. With, pin uh, Sharkboy. Yes, with... Uh, um, oh, what's Goldberg's finishing move called? Jack oh, Jackhammer. Jack oh, God, you're, you're right. I missed that completely because who knew the yeah, random running ruined... It's like the, the, yeah, it's like the uh, Booker T winning. It just kind of happens, happens in the background. Like, of something no, more important. 
yeah, with no like camera focus or edit on it. It's just like, oh, the the match just kind of just pithers out. And poor Black Rain has to go back with his uh, rat. Here, do you think Black Rain, like, if he takes his rat back with him and Relic is part of himself, do you think they ha- go back to the same locker room and, like, hang out? Or yeah, does that the, work? The, do they, like, reassimilate then? Yeah, like, you know, they, like, you know, I don't back know if you watch the new, room I don't know if you watch, I don't, I don't know if you watch the new Doctor Who, don't, it's really bad, but um, <laughs> he, like, bi-generates where he produces two of himself. Do you think, like, it's, like, a reverse of that where he, like, sucks it back into himself? Yeah, I think it's like, um, have you played uh, Luigi's Mansion 3? Yes. There's like a goo version of Luigi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back to Eric Young's house and Samoa Joe comes out and cuts a promo on uh, Matt Morgan, who for some reason is an authority figure. Now, they never really say how we became an authority figure. He just... Like no wait, they explain it once at the beginning of the show where he's like, Matt Morgan is a, has assumed control. It's like So he just was like... By making matches. Is uh, that what happened? Because that's uh, what I got from this. <laughs> well, do you know what? I, I actually found it hard to watch this because... Not hard to watch this, but I was distracted by Samoa Joe because um, I was really getting into his character and that. And it just got me thinking, I wonder what Dara thinks of AEW world champion Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's amazing. Always yeah. has been. Well, what's your, your take on him as, as world champion? Oh, he, he should always be world champion. <laughs> Wherever he goes. Wherever, wherever he goes. I mean, yeah. that just makes sense. But it's funny because you, awesome. really you, awesome. you said you took down your your uh, your Christmas trees today. And Samoa Joe showed you how not to take down your Christmas tree by just fucking everything everywhere <laughs> and walking out. That's the way I would have done it if I didn't live with Hannah. That's fair. That's totally fair. So okay, it cuts back to the crowd, right? And has a really funny, like a just position position of how, like, I think it sums up TNA in a screenshot, right? It's like a big sign made by some fella. It says TNA, we are wrestling, and obviously he made it himself, right? And then it's some lad absolutely going to town on a turkey leg, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just amazing. I'm like, where did he get that turkey? Because there's no food in the impact zone, so he brought that with him. That's a, that's a Universal Studios turkey leg. That's, no, it is, because that's where you get them. You get them in, in Lost Continent. So he brought that with him. <laughs> it's a, the turkey leg's fucking massive. It's about the size of his arm. And he's just, like, going to town on it. But, yeah, so... And the funny thing about it is, they cut away to show that, and then went right back to Eric Young and JB just being sad that their day was ruined. That's uh, product integration. That's, uh, I, I just yeah, don't folks, know. Come, come oh. to Universal Studios, see some wrestling, eat so, a turkey leg. So Kazarian comes out, or Frankie, uh, or Kaz as he's known now, uh, comes out, and then as he's making his entrance, you see yet another thing, thing one t-shirt uh, in the crowd. And I think this is this is the thing that distracts me most about Impact at this time. Those t-shirts are everywhere in Impact. Like they're they're a Doctor Zeus thing, but they're always an impact. So every episode of Impact you watch from this time, there will be at least one thing, one or thing two shirt, and it's so distracting. It's like worse than the you know. They giving them away in Universal Studios or something? No, they're just really popular. The Yanks just love Doctor Zeus, and that's like still to this day like a massive T-shirt that they sell. But you know what TNA should have done in order to like capitalize on that? They should have just had a character called Thing One and Thing Two. 
And then that way you wouldn't have known the difference. But instead they're like, no, relic. That's what the kids want. Killer spelled backwards. <laughs> you know? Oh, is that what relic means? No, I never oh, would have <laughs> So look, we have a like what is quasi main event. It is like well, it is the main event, but it's like the best uh, match on the card. It's not the final segment. Um, we'll get to that, but it is the best match on the card. It's it's the most matchiest match on the card. It's AJ Styles versus Kazarian in a ladder match, right? That's what it is. Yeah, it's fair enough. It's goofy as all hell, but the match itself is actually incredible. Kazarian, one of the best wrestlers of all time. AJ Styles, probably the best wrestler of all time. Uh, and, and they're both on fire here, right? It's It really is like proper TNA. Great match. Uh, this is, you know, now when you say TNA, this is wrestling. Yeah, okay. There's some goofy stuff, but when it actually starts hitting, this is when it hits. And this is just... Oh, yeah. Unreal. This, unreal. This, it's like I was saying earlier, this match is nearly too good because it's jarring going from what you've just seen to this. Like, um, this is excellent. Not even just as a... You know, main event or compared to the other stuff happening on the show, this is one of the best um, one-on-one ladder matches I've ever seen. Uh, some of the offense they have in this is so innovative. Like I'm watching it going, how has nobody ripped this off? Like why why aren't people doing this stuff in ladder matches today? It's so smooth, but it never looks like. Um, choreographed or you know you know sometimes when you get a lot of uh, really convoluted spots in other matches it can can take you out of it a wee bit um now one thing i really miss is one-on-one ladder matches whenever you see ladder matches now they tend to be multi-man uh, events in, yeah in uh, tna they didn't really do that um, I mean, they did sometimes, but the single man ladder match was still <sighs> it was and the reason why is because but, like obviously Kaz really liked them, and AJ Styles really liked them, and Christian Cage actually really liked them. Some of my favorite ladder like ladder matches are the one on one ones. Like, yeah. uh, oh my god, Benoit Jericho, Benoit Jericho, that's yeah. incredible. Unbelievable. It's so like good, that yeah. beats for me. That beats any of the you know Hardys, Dudleys, big you know, spot fests and all that. Uh, so I love this match as a one-on-one ladder match. I loved it just for the quality of the match itself. Like you're saying, AJ and Kaz, you were never going to go wrong. Like the the floor on this thing was probably four stars. You know, if the two of them were having a bad night, the worst this was going to get was four stars. Um, brilliant. And just a pity <laughs> that that the show couldn't have ended there. Yeah, I mean, it, it. But the thing about it is, even though this match was phenomenal, p- pun intended. Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Um, it it's a reindeer match. So explain to the folks what a reindeer match is. So a reindeer match is essentially, if you're uh, long-term listeners, which obviously you all are, you'll be familiar with the X Pac Razor Moan Crybaby match, in which the loser had to put on a nappy. And this is the same, except with a reindeer costume. You have not misheard me. <laughs> a reindeer costume. That's suspended from Above, yeah. where the belt normally would be. So, you, so this isn't for anything. This is literally just, like, they're going to have to have this hellacious match. 
so the other guy has to wear a reindeer costume. Yeah, so you climb the ladder and you grab the reindeer head, which, by the way, I don't know if it was because I was watching this on YouTube, it's a slightly low definition, or the fact that the reindeer head is hanging upside down, but I spent the first couple of minutes going, what the fuck is that hanging from? <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't identify what it was. Um but uh, yes, yeah, so it's reindeer head. You climb the ladder, you get the reindeer head, and then, even though you've won the match, you then leave the ring, um, and the other person has to dress up as as the reindeer, because that's super humiliating dressing up as a reindeer. I mean, the crybaby thing. I kind of get it. I wouldn't want to be caught, you know, waiting on the bus in a nappy. But uh, a reindeer costume probably wouldn't bother me all that much. Yeah, I mean... At, at Christmas. At Christmas. It's like, it's the most... Not appropriate thing, but like... I don't know. It's just weird. It's like, one of them probably did it for the kids anyway. Like, you know, it's... It's not yeah. outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, AJ probably just wore it home. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I can see AJ <laughs> just doing it. Like, to be like, yeah, man, it's cool. <laughs> it's, it's just bizarre. I, I don't know. I, and I do think like... Booking this show, they're probably like, look, let's do something fun. And not a whole lot of thought was put into it. Like, I think, obviously, Russo was like, oh, bro, I'm going to write the best thing ever. And the rest of the guys are like, oh, what do we do? What do we have lying around here? But we have this barbed wire. Let's make it into a Christmas tree and you can wrap presents. You know, a couple of years ago, my uncle showed up to a Christmas party in a reindeer costume. I think he left it in the house somewhere. (laughs) Let's just use that. Yeah, okay. We'll see if we have that. (laughs) And or, uh, he also he left uh, a couple of prostitutes there, so, <laughs> so I could bring them. They've just been living in the house ever since, so I could bring them in. <laughs> and then Black Rain is like, I left my evil consciousness around, <laughs> and he can be, you know, <laughs> and his my, name just so happens to be Killer spelled backwards. My yeah, my my evil uh, projection that has somehow achieved corporeal form. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I left that in the cupboard. Oh my god! Okay, new Patreon tier, the relic tier. <laughs> the relic, <laughs> Com- like in brackets, relic is killer spelled backwards. <laughs> the the Renit tier. The Renit tier. It's tenor spelled backwards. <laughs> ah, yes. Oh my god! Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Virgil, you've been kicked out again. Virgil, gone. Get, get the bus, Virgil. It's We've gone. It's over. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so look this match again it, it is really good it's it's like probably the reason just to watch this show it's just kind of undermined by the fact that there's a reindeer head upside down you are right um and kaz wins so aj has to wear it and he doesn't really look that upset he's like yeah whatever again he's probably probably wore it home it's yeah. probably a cool thing for, for for christmas for his kids you know why not kids um, it takes four referees to put him in it which seems yeah. excessive. But I mean, the referees, like. Five referees. Wrestlers, like, knock referees out just by bumping into them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's so silly. It's but, uh, so dumb. So it's we get, so... He, he gets it on. Kurt Angle has come out. Um, Kurt Angle actually came out during the match. Yes. Which caused a kind of a distraction, which confused me because I thought he was coming out for AJ but he distracted so he distracted so I, yeah. AJ and then Kaz won and it turned out he was there for AJ which was just a wee bit odd uh, and then he berates him 
and sends AJ off. So AJ goes off in his reindeer costume for some reason scratching his arse. I don't know if he was told uh, if that's like, oh yeah, we're really humiliating you here. So you've been so humiliated by this reindeer costume that your arse is itchy. I don't, I don't know. Or if that's just a shoot thing, like it's one size too small and it's riding up a bit. Um, but he goes off anyway. And Kurt Angle is, you know, uh, uh, given a given a bit of a promo, and Santa shows up. So yes. San- Santa, like, t- like obviously in any wrestling thing, when Santa shows up, Santa's getting the beat down. Uh, Kurt Angle gets him in the angle lock, and I, this was too picture perfect for me. <clears throat> Kurt Angle has Santa in the ant lock ankle lock Santa's screaming for mercy and then the camera cuts to the crowd and there's a picture of a just a perfect image of a girl sitting on her dad's shoulders just bawling her eyes out. <laughs> was that shoot like did they know. just get lucky with that or was that a setup was that like one of the referees kids and the the ref was like listen she's my daughter so put her up on your shoulders and this is okay you won't get in trouble I'm going to give you the nod and then you nip her really hard. Like nip her as hard as you can on the leg until she cries. No, I, I think they just, you know, some young one was in Islands of Adventure and then they're like, come on and, and watch the wrestling, the Christmas wrestling no! show in, in September. Uh, and then they're like, just, you know, it was a beyond the map moment. But instead of Mick Foley getting killed, it was, you know, Santa Claus. <laughs> so, in, in a perfect example of Russo booking, we have the we have the reindeer ladder match, right? Yes. And that's the main event of the show. And then yes. AJ Styles has to wear the reindeer suit, and he's humiliated, and he goes off. But that's not the end. No. Uh, Kurt Angle comes out. Kurt Angle's the world champion, and he drops a promo. But that's not the end, because then Santa comes out. And Kurt Angle beats up Santa at the end of the Christmas show. What an end of the Christmas show. The heel world champion beats up Santa. But that's not the end. Because out from a huge wrapped Christmas present box that was outside <laughs> the ring pops Christian Cage. And Christian Cage dives into the ring then. He's Santa's been beaten up at this stage. He's 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 in the Christmas. He's in the box doing his wee Jeff Hardy dance while while Santa's getting the shit kicked out of him. And then uh, <laughs> Jeff Hardy box, <laughs> just the box is moving. Going, what the hell is that? Uh, and then he pops out after Santa's been assaulted and uh, attacks <laughs> Kurt Angle. And then we have the the end of the show. Well, we have some breaking news. Crazy Steve is your current digital champion, and uh, oh, current... you you've got the the screens on, have you? No, 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 I don't. Uh, Instagram just ruined that for me. Oh, yeah. So yeah, Christian Cage runs out because they were setting up a match with Christian Cage and Kurt Angle for the belt in the next pay per view. Uh, well, up watching that. Oh yeah, no, I mean Christian Cage is just on the run of his life here. Still deeply invested in, in TNA at this point, but uh, he still has his Christian posse. So, you know, it, it's really good. But look, I think the problem here, I don't know Christian actually looks really good coming in because he, ha- he has like Kurt Angle on the run. But again, Kurt Angle's been a proper like 
chicken shit heel at this point. So that's just oh, like, he pops out of the ring and Christian has him by the. He gets him in an shoe. ankle lock and he pops out of the ring and he has his shoe. So Kurt's like running up the the ramp with like one shoe on. It's too funny. It's too funny. But look, I mean, the show itself, it's it is what it is. It's fair play to TNA. They actually put the show out themselves. On the 19th of, of December. So they're aware how like infamous this show actually is. They put it up themselves. It, it, it And we were covering it. I mean we, we said we'd cover this before they put it up. But you know fair play to them. I mean TNA they're on the ball. Yeah. They, they, they mean, really like, do I, understand what, what they wear. And embracing that going I, into the future. Yeah 100%. And I think that's good for a company to be self aware. Um, like I wouldn't give this show a rating. Because I don't think it would be fair because I don't think it's fair either, yeah. Like setting aside the fact that it's a Christmas show, your view of this will really depend on how you go into it and what you're expecting going into it. Like I say, if you're going in looking great wrestling show, you can be disappointed. If you're going in looking just a really good, funny, goofy time, this is great. Yeah, and I mean, I, I was going to say, how how would you set this up? But you actually answered it there. Like, you said, it, it's just a goofy good time. It's something that, I mean, you know, I, I think in wrestling, we don't appreciate that we have Christmas episodes of television. Because even on, on Air to Know basis, we were like, oh, man, Christmas shows are kind of dying out. Not in wrestling, they are. <laughs> There's still a thing, and for some reason Santa gets battered every time. Every, every, every why time. Why he keeps showing up on these shows? I, I just don't understand it. But look, man, I appreciate uh, you jumping into TNA with me and indulging my 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 TNA uh, PTSD. But you know, look, it's fun, folks. And I mean, the great thing about when we cover TNA, it costs you absolutely nothing because they're the only wrestling company to upload literally everything to their YouTube channel, and you can just watch it. For free, it's wonderful, and uh, I will say uh, I want to watch Hard to Kill now, and I'm looking forward to it. We'll probably talk about it next week. Martin is going to go and watch a million different wrestling programs. I've got AEW and uh, New Japan and all Collision, Battle of the Belts, Battle in the Valley, and um, Hard to Kill are all happening tonight. right now as we speak so what we're going to do is we're going to probably take a we're going to do a collage I think next week of the best of that stuff and talk about I think that's probably a good idea oh that's a good idea yeah so we're going to do that because we got Snake Eyes tomorrow as well yeah so there's so much so much wrestling folks there really is I still haven't seen Wrestle Kingdom you gotta watch Wrestle Kingdom it's unreal really is so look we're going to leave it there folks if it's your first time checking out the show thank you so much we really appreciate it um, sign up um, to subscribe to the podcast it does not cost you anything uh, social media is going to be a lot more utilised Martin's going to look at that uh, go to therestingrewind.com and all the links are there for any kind of social media you want that we have um, links to the podcast links to past podcasts all the shows and of course if you're on a true pen channel thank you so much go over to there to know media and get the rest of the content that is available there. Also, Martin, is there anything on the plug before we get out of here this week? Yeah, drop us, drop us a Renit. A Renit. <laughs> the new tier over on our Patreon, which is also linked to the social media. And don't forget, X-Pac uh, was X-Pac saying, Euro. make some noise, and you owe us an X-Pac Euro for that. So yeah. folks... Oh, hey, we might actually get a, get a lot of uh, 
brand new uh, X-Pac Euro subscribers this month because the big rumour is that Sean Waltman might be showing up at the Rumble. Make some noise. Ah. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's a Euro. Oh, it's a Euro. That's it. Folks, we'll be back next week here on the Wrestling Rewind. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 